more time. Woo. Like, I'll lose my shit. But I would imagine that that would actually be the case in New Orleans, too. Just yeah. walking down the street is a bunch of people partying. Yeah, Bourbon crazy. Street. Yeah. Bourbon Street, right. yeah, that's the place where when I have friends visit, I'll, I walk them down one time, and I'm like, we're going to go from the start to the finish, and that's it. And if you want to go back, you turn around and go back, and I'm going to keep going the other way. <laughs> but yeah, we do have a, a lot of that. But we keep it in a contained area. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Which is, which is nice, for sure. Napa is just... I mean, it's changed, so I haven't been in, like, eight years, so I'm about to go back after this festival, um, because it's definitely no way I can come down this close and not go see my family. They would hate me forever. Um, but I'm not really looking forward to it. I mean, I've obviously stayed away for eight years, but I, I've heard it's changed and gotten its version of, like, gentrification in a way. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to go there, because it was already pretty, um, you know, privileged area, but also didn't have anything of interest though there's a couple of breweries now right it was just always like rich people just living a life but it was never there really wasn't anything like fun to do or cool bar to go to or anything but now apparently they have all that stuff so it's just going to be kind of probably interesting and i don't know but i mean honestly if like i can get a good espresso or like macchiato (laughs) while i'm there i'll be very happy because beforehand it's always just it was just like starbucks maybe you know yeah no like coffee culture that i'm used to from portland oh my god which yeah is showing my privilege as well i'm sure <laughs> was what are there things to do in napa for kids like i like i said i've only um, done very very smoke adult drugs sm- at the uh, <laughs> skate park i said smoke drugs yeah <laughs> i was like did you do that <laughs> or did you just hear about the cool kids doing that <laughs> clearly i smoked too many drugs that now i can't <laughs> form words um no i didn't really do a ton of the drugs i smoked pot when i was younger but um that was it but there is a huge meth problem in napa Uh, a lot of people don't think that because they think it's just so like affluent and nice but same yeah my hometown from santa clarita outside of la and Mm -hmm. i learned that later on that it's apparently a huge meth place Mm -hmm. i had no idea i think a lot of people at least in napa they were trying to live outside of their means like the people who who weren't quite like from wealth um wanted to live like that and so there was just a lot of like delusional like living and trying to be this and it it affected people you know and then i think drugs were just there to kind of ease the pain because so many people i mean maybe i'm just speaking from experience but like pretty much everyone in my family other than maybe my grandparents used meth (laughs) I guess too you have like the space like you can create meth there's like places oh, to, it's harder to, it's harder to do it in a city city you know yeah. I mean Portland has its issues as well in that sense but I don't know I feel like it's a little bit more chill up there people are more apt to just smoke pot and drink like you said yeah. just drink and stay inside and be depressed in that way <laughs> <laughs> depression with like a little bit more of a a realistic look at it versus like let me just try to act like i'm better than everyone else i don't know yeah so are are your parents from there too like are you Mm -hmm. like third fourth generation napa yeah yeah i'd say probably second or third generation yeah um my grandparents i think were the ones that moved there maybe but i don't know much about them other after that okay when did your parents like work with wine i no. Is that, okay, I was like, what are their jobs? Are yeah. There? Are no. there there? My mother worked for the hospital. My father was a construction worker. So we lived a pretty, like, just normal middle class life. Um, lower middle class, I guess. Uh, 
nothing, you know, too fancy, but it was just, I knew that like, if I wanted to live on my own or go to college or do anything like that, I would have to leave because we didn't have the means to do any of that and to like live to, you know, live with my partner at the time would have, um, been impossible. So we moved to Portland because there was family nearby on his side and, um, and I don't know, we just kind of went there and it was, I was able to like go to a trade school and start a career for a while until that all blew up. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> okay. So you get to Portland, you're 18, you're mm-hmm. with a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, how My long? high school sweetheart at okay. the time. Yeah. How long were y'all together? Uh, seven and a half long years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like from when you were kids or? Mm-hmm. Like 16, I started dating. Yeah. And then seven and a half years after that. That's a, that's a little longer than any relationship I've had. And oh, I'm 34 yeah, now, oh, so that's gosh. pretty impressive. <laughs> Thanks. It was it was not the best relationship, but it was. Um, I learned a lot, you know. Got you out of myself. Yeah, I got me. We yeah, we moved up there. We had this, a lot of the same goals and everything. He was just kind of a, a emotional abuser and um, kind of a shithead. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. No, it's fine. I'm trying to think like the funny parts. I've been trying. Okay, so like you don't have to think of the fun. Everyone comes on here and they're so like, "I'm trying funny. to be so funny," and I'm like, "It's it's not. It's not. It might be funny, mm-hmm. and we might, you know, it might be sad. Like we can have all kinds of, you know, whatever and conversations we want to have. There's no uh, parameters. True. I just it's interesting because I do eventually. I want to try to talk about um because we got married at one point i do want to try to talk about my like marriage and divorce on stage in some way one day but i've yet to like figure out a way to make it funny other than that when i tell people i've been married sometimes they are like very shocked by that because i mean the viewers can't the listeners can't see me right now i'm just very like kind of eccentric i'm 32 but i look i feel like i look like i'm trying to be 21 (laughs) i think and i and i kind of just like live a very like yolo-esque type life where like I, I live in a living room right now i'm just like no car no aspirations no career and uh people are just like whoa you were married and you like had a real job and a house and a whole thing and i was like yeah but it was i was really unhappy but how <laughs> old were you when you got married 24 i think yeah yeah see because I, I think about like who i was with when i was 24 i'm like man if i'd gotten married I, I would, we would, I mean, we broke up anyway, mm-hmm. but like if we got married, we probably would have tried to stay together longer because oh, yeah. we were married. Oh, yeah. Um, and that I also, pressure. you know, I think too, like my parents' generation, like they were married. My mom was 23 when they got married and my dad was 25. And my dad's like, we were the oldest ones of our friends that weren't married because mm-hmm. he didn't want to get married. He was like, I just, we're living together. It's great. Yeah. Let's just fucking stay. Let's just live together and hang out like we do. We don't need marriage. And mm-hmm. then every one of their friends was married. The parents were, you know, back then I think there's a lot more oh, pressure. Yeah. So they, ended up getting married um and he's like i was 25 and the oldest one of my friends and i'm like that's insane i'm 34 and i have tons of friends that aren't married and it's a very common thing Mm -hmm. and i i don't feel bad about i live with my girlfriend now we've been together almost two years and nobody's putting pressure on me to you know if if we do decide to get married in the future it'll be a you know decision that we make but i can't you know imagine you know having if i had been married in my 20s i think that's such a different experience Mm -hmm. yeah it really was for sure and there was pressure from my family to do it, and it was definitely a mistake. I had, like, a total breakdown, like, a week before the wedding. I remember, like, and crying and figuring, and thinking, like, oh, I don't want to do this. But, like, the invitations were already sent. People were coming. You yeah. know, it was, like, a whole thing. So, 
I don't know. One day I'll think about, I'm actually, I mean, I've processed it. I've moved on. It's been about seven years, six years. I'm bad at math. So like, I'm not even like really traumatized by it, but it's just like, I want to try to find somehow to make it funny, but yeah. it hasn't come to me. It, it? It'll, it'll come. There's a lot of experiences that I have that I try to take them back, mm-hmm. you know, through comedy mm-hmm. and through the funny. Amazing. And sometimes you try and it just like, it doesn't work out. Um, but I have a joke that I'll tell later tonight. And it's actually um, about a really bad experience. I had at a gynecologist. It was right after I came out of the closet and I went to the gyno and I was so excited, you know, to be like, oh, you know, this is a chance where I can come out to somebody and, and be like, oh, you yeah, know, no, I'm not on birth control because I'm gay. I don't need birth control. And then this lady was like super Christian and was trying wow. to get me to like date her son and like laid into me about how wrong I am. And I'm, you know, in the fucking paper gown, yeah, on the stirrups, like it's the weirdest place to be. And I just start crying. And I'm like 23 at the time, but I was still on my mom's health insurance. Yeah. So she was in the weight room. So I come out of, of the gyno and I'm crying. And my mom's like, what did they do to you in there? You know? Just and so, emotionally abuse me. Yeah. And then she laid into them and, you know, it's a whole... So I, I, I now have a whole joke about it, but it took a while. It took wow. years for me to, like, get that out. But it's something that still... I mean, it happened when I was 23, and I still think about it every once in a while and get mm-hmm. really angry and pissed off that that was an experience that I had. Yeah. That's real. That's but you'll, real. you'll get there, and I'm yeah. looking forward to... <laughs> oh, yeah. One day hearing me talk about yeah. my, my shitty ex-husband. <laughs> oh, man. So. Well, can, yeah. Can I ask... Um, Oh, sorry. I don't know what I did with this mic because I don't know how technology works, which is why I'm glad I'm here in this studio. Um, I can't hear through the the headphones. That's okay, though, right? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good. It's good. Um, I was going to ask, and if you don't have an answer for this, it's fine because I'm not trying to put any boxes on it. But Mm -hmm. um, I like to ask um, you how you identify. Yeah, I, um, for the longest time, have since I was like probably 14, have identified as bi. But I would say in the last year, year and a half, come to like... Um, identifying more as like pansexual in the sense that as as I've just grown as a person, I've like learned and become more woke, uh, as the kids say, um, to like gender not being a binary and um, me realizing, you know, all of just like being attracted to people more, you know, yeah. that now I'm like, I want to start identifying more as pansexual. I've felt nervous to do that in some ways because I don't want to like, I've, I know as a bi person, I've had, uh, issues with not feeling welcome in certain aspects of the community for better or for worse and I don't always like I don't want to like come in and be like I need all of the respect and everyone just listen to what I have to say because I don't want to do that because I have experienced the privilege of being uh perceived as straight my entire life you know yeah no which is, um like, annoying <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it's interesting. One of the comics in New Orleans, she's bisexual, and mm-hmm. she has and she has a joke about how like now that Trump's president and things are kind of crazy, like um, that in the future, the like it's it's kind of a messed up joke about gays being in concentration camps oh, almost, yeah. and it's like oh the you know gay men will do the hair for everybody, and the lesbians will build the things, and the bisexuals will just be happy that they're there. It's, <laughs> You know, the crux of the joke, but I feel like with what you just said, you might identify with with that joke. Yes, exactly. I'm just happy to be accepted by somebody. Um, yeah, because I don't know. I've had issues. I mean, because my, my shitty ex-husband, like, he, he was... He found my bisexuality to be, like, a turn-on, but something that he could use and something that was, like, his in a way. And, like, we had three summons together when we were together but with with other females but it was all like by his design and his choice and I never got to like have any you know um say in it really and they were not great experiences and so for a long time I 
would still always identify as bi, but that I would just like be, um, I have a ton of internalized misogyny because of it and well, society and what have you, but would just think that like, oh, I was only sexually attracted to women and not romantically attracted to them because they're dramatic or whatever. And plus also he just kind of made me feel shitty about it. And the experiences we had with other women were not focused on my pleasure. Yeah. And maybe not even theirs. I mean, cause he was kind of shitty that way, but, um, so then I was always just like, I don't know if I even am like the right kind of buy because I just couldn't really explore it. Yeah. Well, society wants to put you in a box and it sounds like your ex-husband wanted to put you in a different box or yeah. a box within that box. And then that doesn't <laughs> allow you the mental space or, you know, capacity to really explore that on your own terms. Yeah. So. And it's just like so much easier to live the, you know, more straight identified life and to just like pick up dudes and date dudes and be around dudes, you know? So it was, I just continued that even after I left him, I just kind of continued down that path for a while until I started like, yeah, just exploring it more and opening up and meeting some really awesome queer people that like would question me on like the internalized misogyny and the issues that I was having, um, probably even internalized homophobia and be like, wait, do you really think that way? And it's like, Oh no, I don't actually. Yeah, and I break it down, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, I, I definitely. Um, I mean, I think we overthink that. I think a lot of queer people overthink a lot of things, and I, I do. And I like to talk about it too because mm -hmm. we've had. There's been so much in my life where I haven't been able to talk about it that now that I'm finally able to talk about, you know, being queer and what that means and what that means for my partners and what mm -hmm. their experiences are in mine. It's you know, it's it's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, you, you said at 14 you identified as bisexual. Were you? coming out to people yeah I came out to my mother that... um and that's pretty much it I came out to my first ever like female kiss partner that's a weird way to say it um <laughs> a girl at school that I was friends with and um yeah and had my first kiss with her and then like never that's never you know that's probably as far as I went because I was also I mean I was just young and not really that sexual yet um but I just knew that I was always attracted to women so I came out to my mother. She was supportive. Um, I told her while she was driving, though, and she almost drove off the road because she was, like, kind of surprised by it. That was a fun moment. I, I definitely that's remember. That's dangerous in Napa. But... Yeah, she, was, she was actually probably high at the time because she was a drug addict. But, um, so she was supportive of it, though. And then, like, and then I, then I met my high school sweetheart when I was 16, and then he just always knew about it. Um, so you're like, always open with him from the yeah. jump? Yeah. And then I was always open about with every um, male partner that I was with um, for any length of time. And I had some better experiences, you know, afterwards with, like, boyfriends that were more like, oh, that's awesome. This is a part of you. And uh, if you want to explore that with, uh, you know, me, like, yeah. let's do it in the future. But never, never, you know, not too many experiences with that. And then... Was there any like jealousy issues? I know, like, mm -hmm. um, like my current girlfriend now um, has dated men in the past, and I definitely uh, there's some different energy that happens, mm -hmm. and so there's definitely been a lot of discussions about you know what what that what that means. So yeah, I think he was jealous of that, jealous of it, that. Yeah, I would want to be with somebody else and not him. I mean, but I think that boils down to like his own insecurities because he also never wanted us to have like a male male threesome you know either it was all just his own insecurities for sure about that um 
because yeah, I think some of it's insecurities and I think some of it's like society just telling yeah. us like that there are these different because part because in my mind I'm like it doesn't matter first of all it doesn't matter who anybody dates beforehand because that's you know all that equals the person that you're dating now um and you know that they make up that beautiful wonderful person that you're dating now um and sometimes the bad experiences actually make them a better person or you know whatever it is but then I think with all the stuff we've been taught especially like yeah it kind of blew my mind when you know, we're finally we're talking about non-binary yeah because oh, I definitely. you know didn't think of growing up you don't think about it because no. you're just taught this is how it is I mean even for me to come out to myself like I was always taught it was like men and women are together and mm -hmm. I didn't have any real life role models or examples and very rarely you saw it on tv growing up and so like things are way different now and yeah. um you know I think it's things are a lot more common which is I mean it's so it's yeah it's changing so much so as far as like public um yeah knowledge and everything obviously uh people who've been living as non-binary or um trans or you know however they want to identify for forever for a long time we just haven't talked about it much you know very openly um so i remember even when i started to become more open to dating women even romantically two years ago i still was not even really like that have to like what uh somebody would you know, somebody that would identify, um, as non-binary and all the different spectrums of it. So I was like, even then I was still just like, Oh, I'm just, I'm still just a bisexual and I still just date women and men. And, um, and then the whole, like, do, am I attracted to women who are more like feminine or, or, you know, masculine and identifying and all everything in between. And that was still such a huge struggle for me and it didn't go well. I had some, some friends, some queer friends that didn't, like my coming out process again because at that point I was like age 30 kind of coming out again because I had always just identified somebody who was just like sexually attracted to women but didn't think anything as far as romantically with them and then I basically came out again in a way of like no I'm actually interested in like ex like living a life that's I guess you would identify as queer and that was like a whole new thing and even though I didn't really have to come out to like you know family or anything about it and have experience any um major pushback it was still scary because i didn't know what i was doing yeah and i still felt like i was gonna fuck it up and i did fuck it up i think you know i fucked it up with some friends by not using the right terminology not saying the right kind of stuff uh asking the wrong questions that maybe i could have just googled you know <laughs> like that kind of shit no it's good you're trying to have open conversations and... i was and i and i felt safe in the time that i was doing it and then it kind of bit me in the ass later but also, ultimately, even I'm still thankful for those experiences and and from the the learning that I learned from it, you know, having to like go home and like kind of like clean my wounds and be like, okay, you're right, <laughs> I didn't go about that correctly, um, and that doesn't feel good, but like I needed to go through it somehow, you know. Yeah. And it was like another coming out process, so I'm not gonna make. It's not gonna be 100 percent perfect. I'm gonna make some mistakes, you know, in the process. And probably hurt people in the process, which is the shitty part. But, you know, it's ever changing. I feel like it's, a, you know, evolution. Yeah. If you have any intent, you know, even if asking questions, if that might uh, bother people, like if you have good intentions, I think I mean, that's I'd like to think, but important too. But I think that's even like another thing where I still like I'm a little nervous, like coming out and starting to be like, oh, I'm pansexual, I'm whatever, because I feel like I don't know enough about gender politics and everything to be like, um, to have like a full 
super educated dialogue with somebody and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. That really makes me feel um, nervous but to you do that. You can't lose yourself in the process. You I know? know. Yeah. That's why, that's why when I asked you, I'm like, I'm going to ask you how you identify. And if you don't have an answer, that's okay. I'm not yeah. trying to, you know, pinhole it. Cause I've gotten into that. Um, like I personally identify as lesbian. That's the mm-hmm. identity I use. I don't use dyke. I don't use queer for mm-hmm. myself. And that's just how I feel comfortable. It's how I've always felt comfortable. Um, but I've gotten in trouble too. Like one of my friends, I'm like, yeah, lesbians like us. <laughs> and like, you know, ri- like rip her a little mm-hmm. bit. And she was like, I don't identify that way. And yeah. then I felt like such a shit bag, yeah. but I didn't, I had good intentions and you know, and she was realized like, Later, her response she was like I'm sorry I was like, kind of harsh with you but she's like I'm very tired of that and I'm like no I understand oh yeah 100%. like I didn't take it personal I just felt bad that I made you know but then now in the future I try not to make mm-hmm. those assumptions so I've learned <laughs> from some experiences I've learned some I continue to make the same mistakes again um but yeah I get that too like I dated my first I came out 23 dated my first girlfriend 23 to 27 mm-hmm. we broke wow. up um, she thought I'd come to New Orleans actually because we were dating. And then after that, she was like, so you're leaving, right? And I was like, no, I kind of like yeah, it here. And I honestly can't afford to, <laughs> to move or do anything else. Um, and so I'm 27 and I'm single for the first time. And I didn't know, I'd never really asked anybody out. Mm. I'd only been with one woman. Like <clears throat> I didn't have any clue what I was wow. doing. Um, and I learned by trial and error a whole bunch, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I can't imagine have that be like yeah your only experience was just kind of this one I don't know like this one ride I guess if you're looking at like an amusement park and it's just like this one thing that you did over and over again with like different you know fun things I'm sure yeah three years ish you know but then to kind of like get off that ride and be like wait what 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 now yeah it was you know she was a former jehovah's witness so she had her own issues with like she wasn't out and that was that was and what ended up really like killing everything because i couldn't um i was out and it really put me back in the closet Mm. i felt really uh, oh my gosh it it was really uncomfortable yeah Um, i can imagine yeah but funny story uh now so that right after her i dated another girl that i met online because that's what you (laughs) that's where you go Mm -hmm. uh when you don't know how to like uh, talk to (laughs) women um um, and anyway, so the second girl I dated and the, my first girlfriend are now together. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm trying to write a joke about it other than just saying that, other than just saying this is a thing that happened, um, that I have to see on Facebook occasionally. <laughs> it fits all the stereotypes. <laughs> it really does. But like, oh, I mean, that's the thing, right? I don't know. I, I, Dan, I listen to Dan Savage a lot and he talks about that when like, uh, straight callers will call in and they'll be like. I just can't believe somebody, my friend would date somebody else that I once dated or whatever. And then he usually is like, yeah, that doesn't really happen in the gay community because you, you would run out of people <laughs> to fuck if you cared about who fucked who and when and how, you know, and, like yeah. <laughs> if you like made the same rules that straights usually make of like, you know, bros for foes or whatever, you never do that. It's like, then you would run out of people and like, yeah. that's not possible. <laughs> Can, yeah know. can still uh can still happen <laughs> oh man that's pretty funny yeah i feel like portland is a pretty um like oddly small town oddly small queer community too oh really i thought yeah. there'd be a bigger queer it's community. big i mean i guess it's huge but like it's still that town is just so weird like you just see everybody you can't escape anything 
I feel like. I went there once in, oh God, I want to say 2004. Mm, so it's been wow. some time. I spent, a, I had a friend that lived there. I spent a weekend there and I'm going to be honest. I didn't like it. Yeah. That's before it changed majorly okay. again. Maybe I'll have to give it another chance. Cause I met at this festival, I met a lot of cool Portland folks, but uh-huh. I went there and it seemed like everything closed super early. Everybody <laughs> was, uh, I don't know. I just didn't get a good vibe from people. Yeah. Like everyone was in a hurry. Everyone, you know, I kind of, the dudes were taking the flannel from the women, which I didn't, oh my, you know. Yeah, that's like still my, the same. <laughs> like my lesbian flannel. Yeah. Um, Cheers to that. I'm not a woods person, so that kind of threw me off, too. But yeah. I'd be at a bar, and there'd be, like, three things on the menu, and then they'd close. You know, I'm like, you're open till 2, and mm-hmm. it's, like, one thirty, and they're like, get out. And I'm like, I don't like no, this. No, that's still the same. That's so <laughs> funny. You're right. Like, that's still definitely the same. We, like, the town, like, drinks hard. We drink hard, but we drink hard early because we're all just, like, <laughs> functioning alcoholics. I think we all just really, like, okay okay, I'm going to get this fucking shit done by 10 because I do have to work in the morning. I am blacked out, but it's done early. <laughs> see, in New Orleans, we start early and we keep going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. You ever see yourself anywhere else? I do. I, um, I've been thinking about Pittsburgh because I hear a lot of nice things about it. Um, or going big and like going to like New York or Chicago because I'm also um a nanny and that's what I do during the day and um and I love doing it but part of me is like oh maybe I could like go and work for like a really rich family <laughs> you know one of those bigger cities and then have my room and board taken care of and all that stuff it just would suck because it would hinder eventually dating because you wouldn't be able to ever bring anybody to your place yeah. of living but that means they have to have a place. Exactly, which is kind of nice, and that's not always a guarantee in Portland <laughs> um, that you're going to go fuck somebody at a place they have. But I, uh, but also my dating has always been just so fucking all over the place. I haven't had like a serious relationship in almost four years. So Have you been looking, or is it just the yeah, way? Yeah, no, okay. I have been. And I've had like some nice, wonderful connections and moments with people that have lasted like three or four months. But... They usually just it always just gonna end somehow. I don't really know. Uh, I was like, does it just get really weird at some yeah, point? No, this like the last girlfriend. Is it like Seinfeld's where it's like one thing and you're like, I can't do this I don't anymore? No, yeah, I, the last girlfriend I was I would consider a girlfriend. It still only lasted three months. It was really wonderful. Um, ultimately, I knew it probably wouldn't last forever because she was very strictly monogamous, and I don't believe in that. I don't know exactly what I believe in, but I don't want to be in a strictly monogamous relationship for the rest of my life. So I was like, it probably won't work out forever. But I was still interested in dating her because she was wonderful. And she treated me nicely. But she kept saying that she wasn't good in relationships. And I was like, well, what does that mean? I'm telling you that you are because I like dating you. So, like, can you just listen to what I'm saying? She's like, okay, okay. But then she was really nervous about... Uh, well, I get, long long story short, we I was like, let's go get like a dildo though, you know, to add to the bedroom. And she's like, I've never been to one of those stores before. What? She was from like, the Midwest, and she was real. Oh, I was like, did she come right out of the church? Yeah, like- but, I mean, kind of. And she was thirty two, I think, and had been out her whole life or most of her life, but was still just like very kind of straight and narrow about it. And because uh, that's not even like that wild. Like, no, that's not you know. 
No, exactly. <laughs> that seems to me like a very normal conversation. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't have blinked an eye at that. So that's... she had had ones and used ones before, but like it wasn't by her doing. You know, like she didn't go out and purchase them herself, really. But that's so part like, of the thing. Let's you go know? together. Yeah. So I took her to like a really great sex shop um, in town, and we like picked one out. She picked out the color she wanted, and and I helped pick out the size because I have a very tight vagina. There's jokes about it if you want to hear me online. And uh, we bought it, and we didn't get a chance to use it that night because we had dinner plans with her two gay uncles and her mother. It was really nice. I was like, hey, let's go. Wow, let's you met the that. family. We met the family, yeah. and they were really wonderful. And then, so we didn't get a chance to use the dildo. No big deal, right? And then I was going to see her that Wednesday, and I was really excited. And then she came over and broke up with me. <laughs> What? Those dildos are not cheap. It was like ninety dollars. Shit. And, and Did she you get like the glass one. Jesus. She bought it. No, oh. it was like a nice, just a nice silicone like one. Ninety dollars. Oh, Portland is expensive. <laughs> oh boy, niche, niche dildo. Now you're not community. selling me on Portland. No, yeah, it's really intense. If, if you were like all those things you said are true, but there's cheap sex toys, I'd be like, I'll consider it. No, not really. And uh, I was like pretty bummed about it, and she broke up just because she um, she thought things were getting too serious. I think that the purchase of the dildo made it too serious for her. Not the meeting of the mom and the no, gay exactly. uncles. That was not serious. Yeah. And uh, then <laughs> she's got some shit to figure she, out. She that's what she said. So I was like, valid. You do. You definitely have things to work on, and I don't really want to be here for this. So I guess bye. But then like I definitely texted her the next day. I was like, yo, but can I actually get that dildo though? Because um, you bought it for me right yeah like because that's what she was saying yeah. she did buy it like for me and i was like so can i get that it's <laughs> like it's kind of like if you like a, if you proposed to me and gave me a ring and then the engagement broke like we broke the engagement i would get to keep that ring yeah that's usually the standard and she just never replied to that text. <laughs> like do you have any jokes about this because I, I think okay. i said it once and i was like i was like this is good i was like i somehow i said something about how it, it was like one of those nice dildos one of those ones you put in the foyer <laughs> and uh yeah i felt like it was you know really unfortunate that she didn't give it to me because i feel like it's uh possession is nine inches of the law <laughs> that was the one joke i had from it i like it but um I was bummed about that dildo. Never, never got to see it again. I you're wonder like, if she ever remember. used it. You're like, I don't remember her name, but that dildo is beautiful. Do you believe in the whole like um, relationship juju staying on the dildos? Yeah, absolutely. Clean slate. I don't, but Clean slate. I believe. Yeah. I, I support you and your. Yeah, because honestly, if somebody, if I come to somebody's house and, um, you know, I have a joke about that where it's like my ex wanted all the sex toys and I was like, great, I was just going to throw them away because like I don't, I'm not going to offer this to somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to like, because you know, you know where it's been and and that's. But if they're like top quality silicone that you can wash and like really sanitize, like they're safe to use. (laughs) Yeah. Most of my breakups, I just want out. Valid. Like yeah. if I'm the one that's breaking up, I want out and I give up everything. Mm-hmm. Um, my first breakup, my girlfriend that I had for um, 23 to 27, all I wanted was the cat. <laughs> I was like, you can have all the furniture. I just want this cat. And I got Did the cat. Okay, yeah. Good. Yeah. I got him. Um, and yeah, so I lost everything. And so the sex toys were included in all the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, valid. like a year later, she was like, come by and get this box. And then I got some of my DVDs and stuff that she decided she didn't want, you know, <laughs> after that time. But otherwise, uh, the table, chairs, everything, that didn't matter. I just, you know, like I'm not, that. to me, it's not worth fighting over. No, for sure. You know, 
even yeah. if it was ex- and none of it was expensive because we're young and broke but right. even if it was it's not it's not worth it unless it's like a family heirloom or something that's irre- like the cat that's irreplaceable but i'm just saying though if you had spent like 150 dollars on a total like harness dildo set that fits your body well <laughs> you feel really good with it I'm assuming a lot about your sex. Sorry. I don't, <laughs> don't need to be. Yeah, I'm just my saying, girlfriend's not listening. <laughs> if you were that type of person who who really felt like, you know, then like, then you're not going to, I would find it hard pressed to like throw all of that away and get a new $150 set for the next time you're in a serious relationship and you want to yeah. use it because, because it has been in somebody else. You don't get to throw away a dick. Like a real dick. No. After it's been in somebody, <laughs> you just hopefully wash it, put a condom on it. But like, you can't just like throw that. It's so like the idea that like this relationship juju just sticks on dicks forever or dildos is like funny to I me. I don't know. I'm kind of because I'm kind of old school. It's like okay, the thing with the, the harness. Though, I'm like some harnesses like that is hard to find it's hard to find like but the uh, dildo you could replace that shit yours is interesting because you never used it so Mm -hmm. that is an unused purchase and you can't really return it like even if it's unused you can't return it so that one i probably would have pushed a little harder than than one text for yeah Um, but i'm 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 old school like i kind of believe like everyone you're with like uh, especially in a relationship or in love with like you give them a little piece of yourself Mm -hmm. you know like i really do believe and a lot of people are like what's wrong with you like it's just you know it's 2018 and people hook up and it doesn't have to mean anything i'm like yeah but still it's you know oh yeah no it definitely means something i feel yeah that's oh i don't even want to get into that conversation (laughs) we don't have to go there we can just talk about dildos for the rest of the time my friend uh (laughs) my my older lesbian friend who was in a long-term relationship she um they broke up last year and she was moving out of town because she she very much was like, I need to get rid of everything that reminds me of this person, including the city I live in, um, <laughs> and move somewhere else. But she had, they had bought a, a dildo, and it was too big. And so they had only used it once, and then just threw it in, like, a, a drawer. And it had been there for, like, years. And then when she moved, she was like, Jenna, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> like, I don't know where to recycle it. And I was like, I will take it. And it was, like, a $150 <laughs> dick. And so I took it and just washed it extra good, and then I used it a bunch. But it was unfortunate because I use it for camming too, and I uh, so I basically just like suck it, you know, for the show. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of use my teeth a little bit because it's fun when just like having it in your mouth, <laughs> and it's not it's not attached to anybody, so it's like whatever. No and then uh, only after using it for like two months, I started looking it around like the kind of underneath the head part because this, this one did look like a dick. It. It's like cracking all over because I think the silicone like got old by just like sitting in a drawer for years Yeah. because I didn't use it that much. <laughs> and now I'm like annoyed because now I can't use it because it wouldn't be um, sterile anymore because of like the crevices that yeah. I've created with the cracks. Yeah, I thought you were going to say something like it looked like a woodchuck had gotten to it. Yeah, so at this point, I'm going to like kind of bend it and like you can like see in it. So what do you do with it now? So I still use it just to suck on cam and now I bite it even more because I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Otherwise, you hang it on the wall and it'll make a nice coat hanger. Yeah. Or I'll take like nice like nudes with it, like use it and take really sexy photos. But I've actually gotten a lot of like free, free dildos this way. From other friends who've like two other ones from my friend uh d martin austin shout out to them they've given me two of their sex toys that they just didn't like um <laughs> they've given them to me and they're great and then i got a free one once from being a stunt cock for a um 
how to give BJ class that Portland. Then my friend AJ, shout out to her, <laughs> also does in Portland. Have you ever heard of this before? No. Like a how to give a blowjob class. <laughs> What's is there a secrets that? There's just like yeah, I don't even. I was, I don't, I like I'm that. not sure if this is even interesting <laughs> to any of your audiences. <laughs> But there's just well, like some, some of the audience would want to know. <laughs> yeah, because everyone um, assumes they're doing it right because they're like, "Look, mm-hmm. I'm putting my mouth on it. Like this should be sufficient." No, there's a lot of. Things I've seen to the grapefruiting it. thing, which you oh know, my gosh, yes, it, that lady's amazing. And like so good. <laughs> oh my god, ouch. Uh, yeah, but people like um pay a lot of money to go to like a class where there's like 30 other people sitting in the same room, uh, listening to a, a lady talk about. <laughs> how to give the best blowjobs all the like tricks and like anatomy and like how to like not tire your jaw (laughs) and use your eyes and hands and all these different ways and in order to do that she needs somebody to wear um a strap on so she can perform oh okay the things that she's talking about to the audience and i've done that twice and it's like the funnest (laughs) thing i've ever done in my life because i get to kind of showboat and be a little bit like a comic too i kind of like get to joke around and say stuff as she's like sucking my dick and uh and i get to fake having an orgasm at the end it's really nice is that um planned or is it like when you decide that she's done well she tells me yeah she's like okay now this is our final like demonstration of the night okay um and i want you to come and i think at different times we practice different ways like asking for consent to like come on her face and asking can i come in your mouth and like because that's also what the class is about it's just like all those different things that unfortunately a lot of people just like don't even think about they're just like i'm supposed to have it i'm supposed to give oral and if i and if i give oral i'm supposed to start from finish do everything the way like porn has told me forever and not you know like yeah you can as the person who's giving it also has a say in what happens and also maybe get some enjoyment out of it versus like oh this is a thing that i'm told i'm supposed to do and he seems to enjoy you know it's you know because so many people want their partners to enjoy it yeah so they just take their own pleasure out of it and that's not and then i mean that was the thing is a lot of you'd see a lot of these couples that come into it where the the male would be like just so like doesn't want it to be that way they don't just want to take that pleasure they actually really want their partner to have fun but they don't know how to like explain that to them yeah and so it's just a a whole thing yeah (laughs) so they take this class portland's so cute like that there's just a lot of like things like that so can i ask about camming oh yeah is that uh when did you get into that only like three months three or four months ago pretty new to it not making a ton of money doing it but um yet because i need to get more of a following but um you can follow him. Oh, I'm, can I name drop my cam? Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, it's like, this is why we do these things. I was going to ask you at the end to like promote yourself, oh, yeah. but okay, you can do I'll it in the middle, it, yeah. and then we'll repeat it at the I'll end. We'll repeat it at the end. I'm on Chatterbait, and I'm at Citrus Tits. All spelled out, just how you would think citrus tits is spelled out is that i'm a, really proud i got that name and didn't okay. have to add any numbers to it i was like is that a nickname from childhood or <laughs> i had just recently dyed my hair orange and so i just was like citrus tits i don't know <laughs> kind of nice um but i am really into like public sex stuff and one of my like actual like kinks is um exhibitionism and voyeurism so i don't i don't know why it took me so long to get into it because like i actually enjoy it not that other people don't yeah but some people do it just to do it or whatever um 
and a lot of sex workers obviously really love it too and they love what they do so I'm not I'm not saying like I'm the only one that does that but I, for me I was like oh my god I should be doing this because I enjoy masturbating for other people <laughs> so <laughs> why am I not making money doing this yeah so I don't know hopefully I'll be making more money eventually but I uh like the best I ever made once was like $25 an hour but that's still pretty good yeah, how for do you masturbating? Um, so it's just how many viewers you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they tip tokens, bitcoins. I guess I don't really know. I'm so tech dumb too, so it's like, I feel like I could be doing better uh, marketing, and what have you, and like having a Twitter account for it, and just so many things. Um, there's so much. Like, Sounds like comedy. Marketing. Yeah, there's so much marketing, and then you can like sell sell your Snapchat. Like you can create a sexy Snapchat that's different from your regular one, and then you can sell that to people, so that you provide them with a amount of like nudes um for a certain price okay and it's like i could be doing that too because i like taking nudes and i don't have that many people to send them to which is a sad tragedy and <laughs> well, so... i think after this goes on the radio that that might all change <laughs> yeah and um yeah but i ha- when i do i'm on it i do have fun and people seem to really like my um my energy with it and it's clear that i'm having fun and like yeah I'm you into actually want to like enjoy yeah. doing it and uh i just i hope I'm going to try to grow with it more and do more of it. Try a different website too. I had another friend of mine who's doing it, who suggests a different website and some marketing skills that I need to get better at. Yeah. When I said it's like comedy, I don't mean like it's comedy. I mean like it's comedy is doing your stand up, mm-hmm. but also marketing yourself. Oh, it like is. You are your own marketing department. Oh, yeah. And it sounds like that's the same thing for, for Camine. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, how do you know, you can have the greatest set of your life and you can have the greatest, yeah. you know, uh, I don't know what you, session mm-hmm. is that what you would call yeah. it um, and if, and nobody sees it, it, it you know yeah like what's the point yeah I, uh, I uh, one time I did actually tell I was pretty buzzed while I was doing it <laughs> and I did tell some jokes <laughs> it's pretty great I was like y'all I'm just gonna start telling my jokes and it was the weirdest thing because I was telling it to definitely like people watching but no sound you know, yeah. so it was like so weird to like, where's my pause breaks <laughs> and what have you? Because I don't yeah. actually practice comedy like that. I don't sit in my room and like say my jokes out loud. So that was foreign to me. Um, but I got a lot of people that really liked them, though. And I did get tipped for it. And uh, nice. That was fun. That's cool. You get bitcoins. I don't know if you know, like 50 Cent, one of his albums, he sold a bunch of them. He let people pay in Bitcoin. And he forgot wow. that he had it. And that was like before Bitcoin Shit. blew up. And he made, I think, like seven million dollars. Or I forgot the amount. So don't quote me on that no, I know, right? if I'm wrong. But it was just like this money sitting there. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, my God, Bitcoin blew up. Oh, I have these ones over here. So, you know, it might actually, you know, it could take, Maybe. I don't know. People yeah. have all these different thoughts about about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and I don't, I'm not a tech person either. So I don't, I I don't know. Um, when did you start getting into stand up though? Uh, I've been doing it for, uh, actually, oh shit. Maybe March 1st, first was my second years, second years. Wow. I'm so good at talking. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just celebrating my second year anniversary doing it. Congratulations. Thank you. I've been doing it only in Portland. Um, and I've been having a really good time doing it. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty fun. This is my first, like, um, festival that I've traveled for and first kind of, like, real festival in a sense. I helped last year um, with the first ever Portland Queer Comedy Festival and um, with Belinda Carroll as one of the co-founders uh, of that. And I helped her do social media. And then uh, she just, like, put it on, put me on it as a favor, I think. Um, 
Oh, don't say that. Maybe, I don't comedy. know. Like, uh, give yourself some credit. Thanks, I don't know. But I, then I ended up like, well, then I ended up killing it pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I, I there definitely you go. like, once I was on the festival, I then definitely I killed it. it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely killed it pretty good. And then, um, and then, and I also did so good in the social media that now she's made me the director of social media for this year. So we're when's gearing a, up. It's actually, like, when's a festival? Yeah, July 18th through the 22nd in Portland, Oregon. Applications the, open? They are. Submissions actually just opened up last week. Um, thank you for, I'm so glad we're talking about this. Yeah, because I didn't would know you guys had one. Okay, I'm like, I'm going to apply, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, so you go to, it's all spelled out, portlandqueercomedyfestival.com. Um, last year we had... Uh, Guy Branham on it. We had Julie Goldman, um, Maggie May, Ant. I mean, some huge, huge comics, and then a lot of really great ones traveling from all over, um, and and then some local comics, obviously. And it was huge. It was like four days, multiple venues. It was the best fucking time ever. So we're really excited for the second year. Um, so we're doing submissions right now. I think they're through April, and. Um, and it's gonna be really great. Yeah, and they're gonna put you in it again. Yeah, you she's definitely it, gonna put me in it again for sure. Media and then I've been yeah doing the social media. Um, you can follow it at a PDX Queer Comedy Fest on Instagram is where we have a lot of the information. Nice. And uh, I love doing it. I'm a, I'm really I'm I'm tech dumb on a lot of like weird things, but I'm really good at social media and marketing and just being on there it doesn't bother me at all like a lot of people don't like to look at their phone and see notifications i live for that <laughs> shit dude i I'm turn like, them all off validation i so. can't i can't handle it i just you know i get texts so and I get calls it. are the only things that pop up on my phone everything else i have all the apps but i have to click on them to make mm -hmm. it happen because i if my phone blinks in the middle of the night i'll get up and like i can't have anything blinking That's so funny yeah i know i guess people have that kind of anxiety i get it it's just not me i'm just like yeah it doesn't bother me to like yeah create events and do things it's like what i live for so it's kind of nice um so what got you to do stand-up like was this something you always thought you'd do or? yeah i was once about like four five years ago i was like a um i randomly got asked to do a monologue for the vagina monologues and for a college production and i was given the monologue that's called my angry vagina and it's the one that's the most i would say like a stand-up set it's very much like just a woman up there ranting about all these things and it's very funny and um i memorized it and just kind of went up there and did it uh to the point where i had people come up to me after me afterwards and were like is, did you write that like is that yours like did you just like set your stand-up set and i was like no that's actually just somebody else's but it felt so <laughs> natural and good and it was really um yeah something just like really clicked in that sense and I had done uh high school drama and was always um really good as far as uh I have zero stage fright and zero stage nerves um but I never really liked theater that much because I felt like it wasn't me I had to be a character um, and it took me years to realize that was what it was. I never, that I didn't stick with it. It was because I didn't want to be a character. Yeah. I, want I to be myself. That. I've, I've struggled with that on, I was actually just talking to someone about when I tried to do improv, cause mm -hmm. I thought improv would help me, uh, uh be oh more, uh, on stage, move more, have better movements, like be more active, maybe do character yeah. impressions, all that stuff. And, 
and I realized I hated it and mm-hmm. it did because it's not authentic to me mm-hmm. even if I maybe stand a little more still on stage than other comics like I'm not Robin Williams <laughs> running yeah. all over the stage but that's, that's him yeah that's, that's fine. not me um so you kind of and I do better when I more natural mm-hmm. um and that's what you tap into so I'm not a good actor either because mm-hmm. I can't get into the character's mindset but you do have a good stage presence and oh, thank you and it's interesting that we're talking about it now because yeah mm-hmm. like your jokes that I've heard the last two nights if I can remember correctly, I mean, all of them are about you. Yeah. And that's the same for me. It's very hard for me to write, like, a joke about something that you make out of whole cloth, like a, a situation. Like, I, I could, I imagine, do it. And I definitely make social commentary on things that are happening. But the rest of it's just all jokes based on your own life and your experiences. Yeah. Well, that way, number one, no one can say that I stole them. <laughs> because it's like, no, I was at that gynecologist and this mm-hmm. is what happened to me. Um, and, and number two, I just, I find mine, those are funnier for me because they're more real for me. Um, I noticed like a lot of the Portland comics, I'm here in San Francisco. A lot of the San Fran comics are here. There's a mm-hmm. bunch from Portland. There's some from LA and Washington. Yeah. Boston, um, and, even. Yeah. And Ooh. everyone seems to have a lot of political stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe it's... It's, it's just me where like I actually get so angry that I can't make this funny uh-huh. um, or I think also in New Orleans like we're not really as political and it's not really as politically minded as other places so yeah. I feel like that's just kind of you know what I'm coming out of yeah definitely but I think that's what's nice because then we can be authentic and we can be ourselves on stage and we don't necessarily have to worry about being this character yeah because you get to just you know share things about yourself and that's really cool and mm-hmm. you know be like yeah I have full body hair head to toe fuck mm-hmm. you if you don't yes, agree with me like that's I love it. and that's great and you get cheers and and people you know if maybe someone else who's thought about doing that but didn't have the uh-huh. guts to do it you know maybe they'll you know that's one of my favorite things about doing it for sure i talk a lot about yeah i mean it's and like you said earlier like coming around on a uh, uh, an experience that wasn't pleasant and then years later making it taking it back and making it therapeutic for yourself and then funny for people yeah. And in a way, funny for yourself. I talk a lot on stage about my body um, and also my sexual assaults. And I also talk about my dead parents. And I talk about um, bullying. And uh, I feel like there's one other major thing that's taboo. And, um, oh, well, just being sexually promiscuous, I guess. People have trouble with that. Um and those things have really helped me. I mean, in so many ways, I've been the least, like, sad and depressed about my own issues since I started doing comedy. However, also, I've seen my anxiety increase <laughs> tenfold since doing comedy. As far as, like, do people like me? Am I doing this right? Oh, just, yeah. Once you let oh go of that, God, and I don't know stuff. how to I don't know how to help you do oh, that. But, oh, darn. Um, you know, once you can... <laughs> give like say i think janine garofalo has it where she's just like once you can not give a fuck and mean it like you can say that and mean it it's going to just open up the the world yeah. um for you for sure right but have you had people come up to you after shows and been like i relate to you on oh, this yeah. and i did a joke about my dead mom once at a bar and uh this man came up to me and he was crying and he was like thank you so much he's like that exact thing that you talked about uh happened to me like last month and it's such a random thing because it's basically the story it, the joke's too long to do but it's more or less me talking about the fact that i had a pb and j sandwich five feet from my dead mom's body because like after she died we had to wait for the hospice people to like come and pick her up and once you die in hospice they don't rush anymore because you're dead mm. so we just had to sit with her 
and then you get hungry after two hours (laughs) but you don't want to leave because it's just like it's such a intense moment i don't know it's hard to explain um so i've made a joke about it and it's kind of a harsh one i don't do it a ton because people don't it's not that big of a payoff for it but the times i have done it have been nice and this one time this guy came up to me and he's like she just passed away last month and i also sat with her and had my lunch and it was a very um isolating experience for me and i never thought i could really like talk to anybody about it and i was like and i told him i was like i hadn't either she's been dead for like over 10 years and i rarely talk about that specific situation that specific moment of me sitting there eating that sandwich until i came up with that joke yeah and now I can talk about it without crying. Previous to that, <laughs> I would cry. Okay. So, yeah. So progress. Like, <laughs> progress. And I remember the first time I did it on stage, I actually did almost cry because it was just so, like, <gasps> yeah. like, this moment. And, like, those are the moments I just, like, really like. Yeah. And the fact that he related to it was so powerful. I couldn't. I was like, I have to keep talking about this stuff because I get pushback sometimes from people for talking about some of these subjects. And... I'm not going to, I mean, because ultimately my, my career goals aren't to become like a famous comedian. I actually don't really want to do that. I just want to have a platform where I can talk about these things to make myself selfishly feel better and to like have moments like that with people. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's really great. I also think, you know, uh, like Lori Kilmartin has this uh, special she just released called 45 Jokes About My Dead Dad. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and the first one's like a really cheesy joke and she's like, buckle in, we have 44 more. more. Like this is, but I think it's like, it's one of those topics that people, we all have to deal with it at some point in our lives, unfortunately, um, at one point or another. And Mm -hmm. I think it's been taboo to like really make jokes about it or talk about it before. But I think now that those things are kind of opening up where people are able to, you know, Mm -hmm. where you can have that moment on stage and share it with somebody else and maybe have a little comic relief even if it's for 30 seconds you know exactly it's totally worth it to me all right well great place for us to end on dead mom jokes um but anyway can you just tell everybody where they can find you um Mm -hmm. at at this festival particularly and then just in portland and uh social media all that jazz promote the fuck out of yourself oh you guys are so sweet um tonight i am on a show that is called underwear only it's at 10 p.m and it's the show where the comics will be telling their jokes uh nude or in underwear and i'm really excited to be on it this will be the third time i've told jokes nude on stage um in portland there's a show similar called comic strip and uh, the comics get naked as they tell their jokes. And I'm actually, as of two months ago, uh, started being the co-producer of that show um, after being on it once last year and just like loving it and having a passion for it. And I weaseled my way into being the co-producer. So if you're ever in Portland, uh, hit that up. It's Comic Strip. It happens on every last Friday of the month. Uh, Wonderful show. We love touring comics to come through if they're interested in doing it. so that's tonight at 10 that I'll be doing that show here at Mutiny Radio. Um, you can follow me social media on all of the platforms. I have the same uh, username and it's Jenna with a smile. Um, and you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, everywhere that way. And um, I'm also, like I said, helping uh, social media promote for the Portland Queer Comedy Festival happening this July 18th to the 22nd. And we want everybody who falls under the umbrella of all of the alphabet soup that you can say. Um, And we do have one straight show. So if you're a super ally and you think you're better than anyone else, definitely also submit. Um, Just there's a part where you can mention that in the application. Um, So we do have the one straight show. Because we do, we do care. 
Yeah. <laughs> about we're, we're inclusive. Yeah, we're That's inclusive. The whole thing. Yeah, we, we're open to everybody. <laughs> um, I think that's about it. Oh, yeah. And on uh, Chatterbait, definitely follow yeah. me at Citrus Tits. And I do shows pretty sporadically, but when I do do them, I do them. And there might be jokes, too. Yeah, there might be jokes. <laughs> All right. And thank you, Mutiny Radio, for letting us do this here. Thank you. Uh, this is Near and Queer to My Heart podcast. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Um, and thank you to Pam Benjamin, who's amazing. All right. Thank I'm Amanda you. G. Thanks. Like they even have counter offer inside frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Benders is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Benders Bar and Grill. This is Tusharmetos with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Monday's Joke Workshop here at Muni Radio. I'm not usually on stage, but I have Mixed Master David in the back running the ones and twos so I can be up front for me's and you's. Very excited about today's Joke Workshop. Everyone's alive. The, the window is fixed. We've got great comics here tonight. First one's here. That's great. Please remember on Joke Workshop, take notes. I'm so glad Natasha Vinick in the front has a note paper and a pen out. Uh, take notes for your fellow comedians. Pay attention to their sets. If you're going to feed someone a shit sandwich, make the bread taste good. Nice fluffy brioche bun on top. Put that meat in the center. A little mayonnaise in there, maybe. Yummy. Uh, but be kind to one another. Thank you so much for your $2 donation to Mutiny Radio. If you can't afford that for any reason, that's great. If there's any reason, uh, you can always PayPal us later at mutinyradiofm at gmail.com. Or you can just take a picture with your phone of anything in this room, a person on stage, anything, and just post it to your Instagram, tagging us at Mutiny Radio SF. And that is worth $2 to me. Yes, it is. Uh, clap it up for yourselves, comics, for being here. Yay. I'm so excited to be able to host from the stage tonight. It's, it's, it's joy. It's pleasure. And I'm so excited about your first comedian. He's so funny. Put your hands together for Ian Levy. Oh, yay. Okay. Um, so I uh, recently, I, I went to the store uh, to buy shampoo. Um, and I use, uh, that's true, I did. I didn't make that up, you know. Uh, and I use uh, baby tear-free shampoo uh, because life is hard enough. That's my kind of, I just feel like, you know, I'm, I'm so, I don't know why you wouldn't. As uh, I, I generally don't understand why all shampoo isn't tear-free. That's why is it... Is it just me? Am I alone? If they have the technology, why not just, why isn't there like the standard tier free and then if you want you can buy like extra tier shampoo or something like, am I crazy? Okay, maybe I'm crazy in that. People don't understand me, man. People, I had someone once say to, they once called me a sham pussy. Like that's so mean. That's so unnecessary. It's like, that's not, that's not fun. It's just because I don't like, who is the person? Who's the shampoo scientist who's like, uh, we have the technology to make tear free shampoo. Should we do it for all shampoo? Nah. 
fuck them. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Let them cry. Okay. I don't know. But anyways, I, I got a shampoo. Um, and uh, you, you, do you guys know how at Trader Joe's, um, so they'll, they'll always say like a nice thing about something you bought? Uh, do you guys know? Am I alone in that? They're, they're always like compliment an item. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trader Joe's. Yeah, someone's got money. <laughs> dumb. Okay, but at Trader Joe's, they they always say something nice about uh, something you've purchased. Um, and I uh, shop at Safeway, so they just spit in your face and then say, "Safeway, you'll be back." And it's like, oh. I actually had I, as I was walking home from the store, I actually had uh, someone tried to rob me. Uh, which has never happened before, but they also, it was kind of, it, it was strange because they didn't have like a knife or a gun or anything. They just came up to me and was like, Hey, give me your wallet. Uh, which is rude, you know, because what am I supposed to tell people like, Oh man, I was robbed with a stern voice. Like it was very hurtful and I don't, but I decided to stand up for myself. You know, all I had was my shampoo. So I sprayed it in his face like, Pah! you know, I was tear free, beat the shit out of me. I was like, ah, fuck it. Okay. <laughs> I wrote all of that just to get to that dumb punchline. <laughs> yeah, it's so silly. Um, I think uh, I think old entertainers uh, used to be more talented uh, because they had to be. You know, if you don't have special effects and stuff. Like, for, do you guys know Fred Astaire, the tap dancer? He was the biggest star in Hollywood of his time. He was a tap dancer. And do you know how good you have to be at tap dancing to make people forget the Great Depression? Like that is so you have to be to someone who's like, oh, I'm so hungry. And then you just be like, you know, they're like, oh, wow, that's great. Everything's going to be OK. That's just that's a lot of talent. I think say what you want about Beyonce. I don't think she's forget the depression talented. man. Is, so yeah, OK, maybe that's just me. Uh, do you, are you guys familiar with the TV show The Bachelor? You said no. Lying piece of shit. Oh, what the fuck is up? Yeah. Um, I think The Bachelor sets uh, unrealistic expectations uh, for bachelors. Uh, okay, fair enough. Um, no, it's, it's true because every every guy on The Bachelor is always like this like Prince Charming kind of person. So I think there should be a counter-programming. There should be, you know, The Bachelor and there's just another show called A Bachelor. That's just every episode is a man stuffing dirty laundry under his bed before a woman shows up to his house, just like desperately hiding, you know. Instead of a rose at the end, he can give her like a Netflix password or something as, or his mom's Netflix password. Um, okay, yeah, I think it's my time. Hey, uh, hey, uh. hey, put your hands together, everyone. For Ian Levy, hooray! Hey. Uh, all right, am I, all right. Uh, so I love your baby shampoo stuff. I think you can add in stuff about babies, like more why babies cry or something. Yeah. Um, Sham Wow, you said Sham Pussy or something. Yeah, yeah. I thought Sham Wow could work in there too. I don't know if you remember the Sham Wow. It's yeah. very absorbent. Uh, you said your punchline was let them cry, and mm. I felt like another tag on that would be those babies. Okay, yeah, let them yeah. cry, those babies, because you're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. baby shampoo. Safeway, you'll be back to use our bathroom. <laughs> I was just like, because Safeway, yeah. that's the reason. But you don't look homeless, so that's different. And then after the attack with the joke with the baby stuff, you could say, bring in the crying again. I was the one crying anyway. Yeah, yeah I forgot to say that. Oh, that's yeah, already yeah, in there. Yeah, of course yeah. it is. Of course it is. Uh, I forgot to say that. But it's uh -huh. great like that you keep calling it back, and I was really impressed, and, and it's great stuff. Because who the fuck talks about baby shampoo? So good work. Other people, other comments? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Safeway um, and like Trader Joe, 
uh, yeah. comparison. It just like makes. I, I, were you trying to make the like the the comparison of like it's almost like dating? Um, I, I went to no. I went to dating because it's like it's. I was trying to I was trying to compare stores. Stores, but I no okay I'm, no no I'm, I'm a dick uh, yeah yeah um, yeah no like Safeways being in like an like an abusive relationship or somebody who doesn't appreciate you and like okay. Trader Joe's is like somebody that you should be with because they're complimenting you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's just where my mind went. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I really loved your tear-free thing. I assumed you were going to go to because I'm a baby, but I love that you tricked us with uh, because life's hard enough. Yeah, yeah. Like that really delighted me. Okay. And when you go into the scientist, the like scientist figured out that yeah. I wonder if there's like a lot of other things you could list that they considered making worse, but okay, the yeah. scientists decided to make it the way it is now, okay. which is better. Yeah. And also, you know, but I really love tap dancing, Great Depression. That okay. was delightful. Okay. I'm glad you like that. Thank you. Uh, I was no. Okay. no, 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 go for it. This is also just useless. Um, I was going to suggest exploring the uh, Bachelor premise, more of like those sad details like shoving laundry. Yeah, and yeah. But I have, it might be gilding the lily. Those are really good examples, yeah, and that's a really fun bit. Yeah, yeah. I, had, it, I also had, instead of giving them a Netflix password, giving her like his one towel or something like that, which I don't know if that's better. But other people have done jokes about only owning one towel. That's, so. Yeah, Orion's thing. So, yeah. Oh, does Orion do yeah, one? But, yeah, man, I don't, I don't so listen to his comedy so oh, okay. it doesn't it doesn't affect me really but um yeah i think okay this, this sounds good okay cool Yay! Yay! ian levy everyone ian levy yeah that's how the joke workshop works yay your next comedian he's got notes he's balancing it all together he's recording he's got money he's putting he's, he definitely is a comedian with his shit together put your hands together yeah. for Murat Chucky yay uh, somebody I uh, baby face boy on stage right now and uh, I uh, told somebody that uh, I have Pharrell syndrome you know I just don't age kind of like the rapper extraordinaire, and they didn't get that cultural reference, so they were just like, oh, you have a disease. That makes sense. That's why you look the way you do. You just have like an Andy Milanakis thing going on. That's cool. Uh, I bought a fountain pen, and fountain pens are great if you like writing and are also a cunt. Uh, it's basically just a fedora filled with ink, uh, but it is great because uh, it'll uh, make my jokes look like they might resolve a dispute between kingdoms like my grocery list too, like Dearest Martha, we are running low on toilet paper and our well of Coca-Cola and fruit roll-ups has run dry and we must prepare for the cold winter months. Uh, I bought it at a store that just sells fountain pens and I bullied the salesperson into giving me free ink because it turns out if you sell fountain pens for a living, you are easily intimidated. Not a lot of hard motherfuckers with quills out there. Uh, <laughs> I was driving, uh, stuck in traffic, and I saw a sign on an overpass that said, we are at war with Russia, pick a side. I was like, dude, it's 9 a.m. on a Sunday, I'm stuck in traffic, I'm not defecting, I'm getting brunch. 
<laughs> what, we're at war with Russia? What, like right now is Putin running up and down 101 with the bazooka? Is that why I'm stuck in traffic? Pick a side. Which side gets me to brunch quicker? I will gladly raise a mimosa in Stalin's name if it means I can hit that sweet, sweet cotto toast. You know what I'm saying? Cool. Uh... My dad once told me that he thinks less of humanity. He thinks humanity thinks too highly of himself. And his evidence was that one time he saw a video of gorillas fucking, and they looked so human-like that clearly we were at their level, which couple red flags. First off, Dad, what are you doing with your internet time? Uh, second of all, I am telling Mom to leave you. That was too much information, and she deserves better, frankly. Uh, this is swell. Uh, I feel like my ex was really into BDSM, which I feel like is just code for you do all the work. Like, uh, figure out your knots. Uh, let me lay here like a yoga mat while uh, you cramp up, uh, which is cool. Uh, I uh, saw a, shir a lady wearing a shirt that said, my past traumas do not define me. And I was like, wow, what a great message, you know? Like, uh, just because you were a victim once doesn't mean you're a victim the rest of your life. You're a person with thoughts, hope, dreams, ambitions. It doesn't define you. And then I saw the second line of her shirt, which said, only God does. I was like, well, you lost me. Now I feel like victim blaming, you goddamn dumb victim. Where'd you get that shirt? The victim store? <laughs> what are you, uh, from the city of Victimsville? You the mayor, population you? Uh, I hope in the end you're God's victim. Anyway, great. Uh, other joke. Uh, I uh, got invited to a death metal music festival by my coworker Blaine. Red flag already. It was called Death Fest. And I checked out the lineup, and you see all these typically named metal bands like I Hate God, Cannibal Corpse, Dying Fetus. And then you go down the list a little bit, and there's just a band called Pessimist. It's like, you're not really lifting, you're pulling your weight there, pessimist. There's a band on here called Violation Wound, and then, oh, I think it's going to rain today. This class is half empty. Anyway, thank you very much. Yay, Murachaki, yay. Uh, I love your jokes. You're amazing. Uh, I think it's funny that he was talking about baby shampoo and then you decided to talk about fountain pens. I'm like, <laughs> everybody, let's pick the most banal objects to be funny about. Uh, which, but that was funny. Um, if you're going to talk about Russia and brunch, I think you're remiss if you don't mention blinis and caviar, mm. which are a very famous Russian thing that are very expensive. Ble what? Blinis. Blinis. B-L-I-N-I. They're like a very, okay. they're a Russian crumpet, basically, that you eat caviar on that's with a good little dj bits name eggs dj russian crumpet yeah. <laughs> uh but the bdsm joke 100 percent. super happy smiley face uh -huh. you do all the work was it's great it's wonderful one-liner cool it's great comments uh i was gonna say with the uh with the the russian stuff because you keep making about wanting to go to brunch but instead of saying uh vladimir putin running around with a bazooka or something mm -hmm. i mean you could just make it of unless vladimir putin is like affecting your access to brunch mm -hmm. like he's holding up an omelet station oh that's like funnier that, that yeah, is yeah. definitely funnier yeah, so, yeah. something <laughs> like that well of course everything i say is funnier but yeah i'm joking you believe it it's yeah, fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not true. Uh, and another uh point I, I don't know if this will add anything to your your death metal band jokes mm -hmm. but uh, the, the probably the equal worst and greatest name for a 
death metal band I've ever heard is Aborted Midget Fetus. Oh, which, another uh, fetus yeah, band. Yeah, <laughs> it's a band that has hundreds of hits on YouTube. Uh, um, there's another one. I saw one called Anal Cunt. Yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's fun. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, really? Are they metal? Maybe I'm wrong. Keep going. Sorry. Oh, I just, no, no. I, I was just saying, uh, with that, I, I was wondering what you would name, like, what banal thing you would name your metal band. Mm. Like, if you were just adding it into the bit, like, something, I don't know, silly, like, I don't know. Mountain Pen Massacre. Yeah, <laughs> wet paper plate or something. <laughs> something that's like really wet annoying, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, something really. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah. Okay, that's that's all I had. That was very constructive. Um, do gorillas look like humans when they're having sex? Yeah, that's what his point was. Or do humans look like gorillas when they're having sex? Well, that's kind of what I try to imply by saying I'm telling my mom to leave you because okay. if, if that's your style, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like. All right. <laughs> I've got a recommendation on the, the quill thing, mm -hmm. uh, which is not to throw too ta many tags in all at once because if you kind of go kitchen sink, it's like if you try them all, you don't like. You need a. Was that the part with the Coca-Cola toilet yeah, paper? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You, got, you yeah. gotta give. You gotta pick. I, in my opinion, just like give some of it space to land instead of kind of throwing it all out there, kind of. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, one last thing on the gorillas having sex thing. You, uh, I was, I was confused. How do they look like humans? Just like the expression on their face? Uh, I guess just the whole act of it. You have as much data as I do okay. right now. Because <laughs> you could just get something really weirdly specific of they look like humans because of I don't know they do reverse cowgirl or something. Uh, okay. It's just yeah, funny yeah. to picture <laughs> gorillas. Yeah, yeah. Show, yeah. Wearing a ball gag. Or, or, yeah, yeah. They have sex just like I do, where I just sit there and watch two other people have sex. <laughs> so when I watch gorillas have sex. Oh, wait. No, isn't, isn't it the true about gorillas? They have, like, the tiniest proportional I penises. was thinking about that. They do. It's yeah, like, it's like it's, they, yeah. gorillas fuck just like people. They have tiny little penises. They can't make it in the hole. <laughs> okay. like, say something funny like that. Cool. And people are like, you know, cool, dude. Okay. Just like that right there. You can have a reaction just like that one. <laughs> Cool, cool. Thank you very much. Yay, Murachagi! And now all I can think about is gorillas fucking. Let's wipe that out of my memory with your next comedian. Put your hands together. Be ready to take notes. It's Evan Montalongo. Hey. Um, I feel like you got to watch what you say in San Francisco a little bit, right? Like, I mean, we're all comedians. We're all aware of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, Capo P knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, also, I saw that. That was fucking crazy. I hope that never happens to you again. <laughs> um, I was... Uh, like, people get offended really quick. Like, I was walking down the street the other day, and I saw this couple, and they were making out. And in a very playful manner, I was like, get a room. And they were homeless. So not, they didn't, they didn't respond to that one very well. Uh, but I don't, I don't think of myself as, like, a PC comic. I uh, use Mac. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like telling that one. <laughs> um... Uh, so uh, my girlfriend and I, we use um, 
every occasion we can to like do something special, like spice it up a little bit. She rec she recently got on uh, birth control. She told me that uh, we don't have to use condoms anymore and that I don't have to pull out. So to like kind of commemorate that new achievement in our um, relationship, we decided to do a little role playing. And I dressed up as like an old timey gas station attendant, and she dressed up as a Lincoln Continental. And I filled her up. We went from E to F. We E to F'd all night, actually. So it was really good. All right, cool. One head nod there. Um, let's see. I wanted to. Oh, I thought about if I don't. I thought of like the perfect suicide letter. Their note. It would be, I'm a sex addict with erectile dysfunction. That way, when they look at it, they're like, okay, no questions asked. Close case. This makes a lot of sense. Um, if you're a drug dealer, fronts you drugs, he's not a drug dealer. He's your best friend and a horrible business person. Um, I'm into literary-themed porn these days. I, I checked out this one called Gapes of Wrath. It was directed by uh, John Stein Bearback. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that was all the new stuff, I guess. Um, I am from Texas, but I don't have a Texas accent. It sometimes, like, bumps people out. Like, I'm, like, robbing them of the novelty of a Texan. Like, they expect me to open my mouth, and it's just, like, ribs and shotgun shells that just fall out. Um, you know, bullets and brisket. <laughs> uh, but uh, I trust me, you do not want me to have, like, an authentic Texas accent. And um, I'll prove it to you. I'll tell, like, a classic Texas joke and an authentic Texas accent. Like, Americans cannot appreciate a Texas accent. All right, so. ¿Cuáles son las vacas más perezosas? One person speaks Texan in here. That's always the case. Um, yeah, um, I was a chef for, I work in restaurants now. Uh, I'm a waiter now, which is almost more infuriating than being a chef. Like, if you fuck up in the kitchen, you might, like, cut off a finger or burn yourself, which is serious. Um, but... I get a different set of challenges in the front of the house. Like I had somebody ask me one time, would I recommend the orange juice or the grapefruit juice? And I was like, I recommend you try more fruit until you know what those taste like. Um, all right, that's, uh, that's uh, all I'm gonna do right now. <laughs> hey, Evan Montalongo, yeah. Your energy was a little low today. Yeah. But you're. I'm sorry. I didn't start with a com a, a compliment. Well, that's okay. I was like, but you don't have to sugarcoat it. But but uh, but your joke writing is solid. I thought that when you go through all those weird thoughts, you can if you can title them under something, mm -hmm. like something funny, like that, like before I go to bed, I write down all the things that come into my head, or like, I sit uh, on the yeah. couch and get really high, and these are the, because right. there was like a list of just sort of random things, random things, and yeah. although they were all funny, like I would find a way to group them, okay. and have it be like, this is the crazy shit that comes out of my brain, but like in a funnier way than Like that. a theme or, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 because all that stuff was really funny, and then with the whole car thing, I think that, do you know that in Oregon, they have to pump, you can't, you can't pump your own gas. They have to pump gas for it's you. It's like Jersey is the same way, too, yeah, and there's I a few like, places. Because if you're dressing up like a... The, anyways, I thought that there was like an Oregon joke in there somewhere that you're... Oh, uh, okay. Just because they're not allowed to pump their own gas. All right. and Okay. I don't know. 
uh, I think a little addendum for the homeless bit is like maybe the get a room comment for, comes from a genuine place of concern. So it's like, hey, get a room. No, seriously, please get a room. Please find shelter. Please like. <laughs> like they took yeah, it the wrong they're way. Like, hey, get a room. No, but like nobody deserves to sleep in the street. Okay. You know? <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Um, I'll uh, uh, do the uh, the shit sh- sandwich thing. I'll start with a compliment. Uh, you okay. have kind eyes. But your act is fucking shit. No. <laughs> uh, uh, no. Uh, I, I was gonna just go with the different. I think uh, 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 Murad's version of the. I was gonna talk about the same homeless thing. Uh, and I, his is also super funny. But if you were gonna do it a different way. Uh, I would just re- you could also try just reversing it where have you set up beforehand that they're homeless and then the punchline is get a room where, okay. where you're like I saw a homeless man jerking off and I, I don't even know what to say to him because I can't be like get a room you know yeah, yeah okay yeah, so, all right all right, all right something yeah, yeah. like that okay that's my bit um, oh you also look like you have soft hands sorry that's a <laughs> shit sandwich yeah there you go so sorry I really like Gapes of Wrath. <laughs> I feel like you should do more of those. Yeah, I'm open to suggestions. Like more clit lit. Gapes Actually, yeah, yeah, no, it did exactly. I think that's it. So you do like two clever ones, then one just just like 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 stretch out my face and fucking like Like one that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, yeah, just no rhyme, just it's horrible. Yeah, dude, I like I like you like that stuff. I like the Moby Dick because you expect dick. You start with Moby, people like oh, he's gonna say dick, and then you don't go there. All right, cool, thank you. Well, I was just gonna say with the the gas station thing, like because you talk about uh, you're the old timey gas station attendant. person uh, right attendant and then you have the Lincoln Continental bit and then you do the you end with the I fill her up E to F and that's like the the obvious one right like mm-hmm. where you're going with it and then after that I think it'd be really funny if you had like an unobvious one and I was trying to think of you know like and then afterward I go inside her and get candy you know <laughs> if assuming women shit candy but you gotta oh, like, think of one that makes sense okay yeah right well like she was talking about how uh, like you could end it with because some of the old timey ones someone has to fill it up for you and then you're like and then my you know well, if assistant like fills her up after treating her like a car I could just keep on treating her different ways like a car so, right and, and like just have like one off- right right ex- right exactly something like that yeah yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, squeeze your face. I like that. You could go from the uh, the talking in the uh, Texas accent into the restaurant bit like you did, and then talk about how the difference in working front uh, in the kitchen and in the front. Be like, and when you, when you go back to the kitchen, uh, you have to use your Texas accent again and stuff. And like, you know. Yay! Evan Montalongo, everyone, let him hear it. Yay! Thanks, Ian. Yay! All right, your next comedian. He talks a lot about death. Let's see if he continues that trend. Put your hands together for Cody Abe. So 
just for you, Pam, I have a fresh four of non-death comedy. I, I think I kind of fucked up in the beginning. Anyway, okay, so a coworker of mine uh, told me that she thinks that I, uh, that sh I remind her of Glenn from The Walking Dead. That doesn't count. It's a show, okay? Doesn't count. That she reminds me, that she re I remind her of Glenn from The Walking Dead. And I'm like, oh, how cute. You think I'm going to last that long in, in an apocalypse? Oh, wow, okay. Uh, and then I, I, I took it as a compliment, you know? I was like, this is, you know, good for my self-esteem. Until I thought about it more, and I realized that she really couldn't have gone any other direction without it being harassment. Like, there's only a few people that she could have chosen, you know? Like, uh, you got Jimmy O. Yang. Uh, what else did I put? This really ruins the, the timing of the joke, but... Whatever, fuck it. You got Jimmy O. Yang, you got that guy from Twilight, and like Scarlett Johansson or something. Uh, but any, no, like, <laughs> it's fine though, it's fine. You know, she's being nice and I, I don't, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so anybody like, uh, uh, these guys haven't probably, the college parties? You guys like college parties? Hell yeah. Fun, fun place to be, fun place to be, college parties. Uh, but what are college parties if not just people trying to passive-aggressively flex on each other, you know? You got the guy writing tallies on his arms for how many drinks he's been. Yeah, that's for you, buddy, huh? That's for you, not for everybody else to see. Okay, that's why you put it on the outside of your arm. Uh, then you got the guy that's, uh, that doesn't drink. You know, he's always there. He's in the corner. People ask him, hey, you're not drinking, buddy? He's like, no, I don't drink. Uh, I'm not, I've, I've quit like two years ago. I, I don't drink, man. Uh, and then like, he'll come up to you after. He's like, I don't drink, buddy. And as you're leaving the party, he's like, still didn't drink. And it's like, we get it. You don't drink, dude. Okay. And then you end up with a guy that just brings out the rotisserie chicken right in the middle of the party. And you're just like, dude, really? There's a time and place, right? Go to fucking Subway. Like, I get you don't give a cluck, but just fucking leave. Uh, anyway, uh, so I, 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 I partied a lot in college, but uh, I had to stop because going to parties really made me jealous of, like, other people. Because uh, I, I, I was that guy that quit drinking, you know? I had to... I quit drinking, I went to parties, I got really jealous at the fact that uh, my girlfriend would take home other guys to fuck. Uh, and it's not the fact that, like, like, they're, like, their dicks were, like, the same size as mine. It's that she had a real, you know, heavy kink of the fact that, like, she liked keeping me around because I was a computer science major. Uh, and <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, growing up, I, uh, I really liked, uh, skating, video games, and looking for another hobby that would get me laid. Uh, you're saying, oh, Cody, skateboarders get laid. No, they're not. You don't, you don't look at a skateboarder and say, that guy fucks. You look at him and you say, wow, he probably smokes a lot of weed and is very faithful to his girlfriend of 15 years. You know, like that's, that's what you see when you, that's what, at least that's what I see. That's what I wanted, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't achieve that from, I sucked at skateboarding. I did it every day and I sucked at skateboarding. And you know what's worse that I sucked at skateboarding is that I fucking didn't, I just, I broke my leg, guys. I broke fucking my leg. Not from skateboarding. <laughs> uh, not from skateboarding. It was from the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Yay, Cody Abe, 
way he's going to survive in the apocalypse. I'm so excited. Who's Jimmy O. Yang? Is he the guy from The Walking Dead? No, that's Stephen Yu now. That's Stephen Yu. So uh, what's Jimmy O. Yang from? He's from Silicon Valley, Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, so I would I would say, I would give that, I would throw that tagging because I didn't know who it was. Oh, okay, but okay, if you would have okay. said, you know, Crazy Rich Asians or something. And then is Scarlett Johansson Asian? Or are you just, that was just uh, funny because she's so pretty and you're so pretty and you look like her. No, it's the fact that she she actually came out and said like I can play anybody like I'm an, I, I'll play I'll play anybody. Uh, it's more of like a topical like. Oh, okay. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I Maybe like, that doesn't read well. She's pretty. To people that, yeah. <laughs> so, and I was like, he's pretty. She's pretty. Is that what he's going for? Like I didn't know. Yeah. And then, um, Keanu Reeves is half Japanese. He's actually Just half to Chinese. throw in your what. He's half Chinese? I thought he was half Japanese. He's Asian, though, but yeah, I can go with it. Yeah, yeah just, I mean, if you're doing, like, hot Asians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd go Keanu Reeves, because he's, like, the hottest. Uh, oh, I, well, I was just thinking, uh, when you're bringing up your, your major, you could say, like, uh, I minored in computer science, but I majored in cuck. Which is cool because uh, your girlfriend's yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking somebody else. <laughs> 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 With the college uh, party um, bit, um, I, I think it. I, I like it. I think it's funny. I thought it was really funny when you talked about the guy with the rotisserie chicken. I like yeah. the idea of like making this college party, like painting the picture to be some like weird, random, like full of all these things. But also at the same time, you're like, you know how it is. You know, <laughs> you know how. Maybe, sorry, maybe by the end of the bit, like you realize you've never, like we realize you've never been to a party. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that, that, yeah, that scene from like 40-year-old version where he's talking about the bags of sand. Yeah, yeah bags exactly. of sand. That's yeah, what I was okay. just gonna say. The bags of sand. Yeah, like when they bring out the yeah. yellow <laughs> shots are the best part of college parties. Oh, yeah. Anybody remember those? You were talking about your girlfriend taking other guys home from college parties. Could be like, and it was the chicken guy, and she, oh he, yeah, he, he right. gave a cluck. He gave her the cluck. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, uh, you could just. Uh, I don't know. I just think it's a good tie back into the, like the the flexing on the flexing on everybody theme. Like a dude brought in an animal to tear apart with his hands. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So he's, yeah, he's yeah. like, I'm just demonstrating how strong I am <laughs> yeah, yeah. by committing murder in front of you. You know what I mean? That's kind of cool. <laughs> All right, clap your hands together, everybody. Cody. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for their generous donations to our new window. It's dark in here. I'll have to turn the other lights on. It got weird. No death. No death. Very nice. I, yes, Cody Abe doesn't talk about his dead father. <laughs> yeah. This week on Joke Workshops. I don't even know if his dad's really dead or not. Like, like that's part of the joke. Is he really dead? He's 100% dead? Okay. I didn't, because I, it's hard to tell. I never know. People have jokes like, she's half dead. She's sort of dead. I don't know. Uh, hey, put your hands together for your next comedian, everybody. Casey Koning. Koning. I still don't know what you're Thanks for being here, everybody. Oh, I should put my hot dogs in first before I forget. Yeah, yeah. It's always good. At least I can do. Uh, I think today's uh, theme for me is just, um, well, I guess I'm just going to talk about it. I, uh... <laughs> so I was at a comedy show the other day, and a fight broke out. Uh, not going to say when and where, because that would be tacky. I uh, uh, don't want to invade anybody's privacy. Uh, but basically what happened was I was in the back watching the show, and it was going good. Fun time. And uh, 
um, a guy in the audience got really upset, stormed the stage, and punched the comedian in the head three times. Right? Isn't that bad? As a performer, it was weird. Like I was just because like I had did a set earlier, and I was just like, man, I gotta have more confidence on stage. And then that happened, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It was weird for everybody else, too, because it was just like a weird situation to be in, just to go from genuine laughter to complete shock, right? Everybody's just like, <laughs> we're having a time of our, oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, it happened super quick. Uh, the other thing uh, I figured out, too, uh, was that I do not like getting involved in fights. That's just something in me. Everybody has a fight-or-flight syndrome, and uh, I definitely choose flight, because any fight I've ever been in in my life, I've lost and so I'm at this point now where I'm just kind of like oh okay. it's a weird thing to choose to not get involved right especially when your fr friends getting beat up you're just kind of like oh wow they're really going at it all right see you later dude <laughs> all right next time I actually did walk you can see it on the video I did walk from there to there outside mm -hmm. it was it was probably my bravest moment but no, honestly, like I, I stopped for a second. I was just, was, I was like, oh man, this is, this is wrong. And so I turn back around and I look in, and the guy is just flipping the fuck out. Uh, he's still like wailing on people, right, yelling, breaking shit, knocking over chairs. And I didn't, like, I want to help, but I didn't know what to do. So I just went into battered wife mode. Uh, it's something that I learned from my mom. Basically, when, when a man is drunk and yelling in the house, you just pretend to do chores very calmly <laughs> just continue to do dishes it's like oh is dad yelling right now i had no idea I mean, this is just wednesday how's school uh-huh Every, everything's fine right everything's fine and so in the video i literally am like picking up chairs i recycled actually in the middle of the fight i took a water bottle put it out there <laughs> i was just trying to contribute in any way i could and uh <laughs> uh it all worked out, though. It really did. Uh, a 50-year-old man actually took care of business, uh, which is a weird thing to say about our generation. Uh, <laughs> to have to also about me, I've been a, I've technically been an adult for over a decade, and I still need an older man to take care of me. <laughs> like that's just where I'm at in life. Um, I, uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't know what to say afterwards. I still wanted to contribute because I just, it's a weird thing to just know that you can't, like, you're incapable of helping. So I actually just walked up to him, the 50-year-old the man, Matthew Quirk, and I was just like, hey, man, um, can I suck your dick or something? <laughs> like, like what, what do you want, dude? I'll, I'll do handy? Like, anything, man. <laughs> I'll make your bed. <laughs> Maybe vacuum the van? I, I don't know, dude. <laughs> Uh, so, um, in all seriousness, I guess it was like a learning experience, uh, just to, just to kind of go like, wow, like I, I'm at this age and I'm still kind of helpless, but, um, <laughs> and I'm incapable of helping anybody, even if I wanted to, like, and it's a really weird situation, but today I signed up for a gym membership again. I'm going to take jujitsu, and I'm going to probably get a tribal tattoo. Just you guys wait and see. I'll help you out next time, all right? I won't let you down. Yay! Casey, yay! I'm glad that you did a little therapy here today about the incident that happened on Saturday. It, it, I, I enjoyed your... 
uh, take on it. I also, I'm the, if you watch the video, I'm the first person out the fucking door, which says a lot about me. I was, you stayed a lot longer than I did. So congratulations on your part. Thanks. Uh, I think it'd be funny if you played with the fight or flight phrase, like maybe uh, I'm not fight or flight, I'm more like flight or flight faster, something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not that, but like, you know, that's a funny phrase to play with uh, in tandem with your non-reaction to the sure. assault. Yes. Thanks, man. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, and I think, I mean, this incident's going to be kind of inside baseball for a while, but if you're talking to other audiences, just you not being like getting into fights is plenty to go with there, right? Like yeah. if you see you saw your friend get in a fight and you're like, based on my track record, I'd have to be an idiot to get in that fight, right? It'd be like Italy starting World War Three or something like that. <laughs> like who, some like some comparisons or something to play off of there, right? Because yeah. there is plenty to do that. Like as you're running away, you're like, you know, you don't understand. I'm a liability. Like something. Yeah, that's how it felt. It was just like the rational thing to do is to get yeah. away. <laughs> like try, you see him like. He like makes eye contact with you, eye contact with you as he's getting his ass kicked. You're like, I can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the bit about you going up to Quirk afterwards uh, is funny. Uh, <laughs> maybe a little more of like a lead, and it's like you're like, man, any other city, any other town. Uh, you'd be getting pussy from this, man, but you're in San Francisco. Ratio's all fucked up, so I'll suck your dick. Something like <laughs> yeah, that. Right. Play with that a little bit, because that's, that's funny. That's a good bit. Thanks, like man. Uh, yeah, the, uh, there's so much to do with Matthew Quirk saving all of us. Uh, that is... It's just like, it's like, well, looks like he's right. Millennials are lazy. <laughs> Millennials yep. Are. Yep. That's right. Like, that's, right. that's that's a good one. And then also, like, the show continued, right? No, it was the last oh, okay. oh, okay. I was like, because I thought it, like, continued. Okay. Because that also is, like, a fun narrative to go down. It's like, and we kept going. Like, tra like, like and you could just continue the path of, like, traumatized children. It's like, we just can't break the routine. Everything's fine. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'd still want to do fucking three minutes. Like, I don't give a fuck. He punched through a fucking window. I'm going <laughs> to talk about hentai, you know? <laughs> No, I was thinking after the guy rushed the stage, you could say, I didn't realize it was a, a mixed martial arts open mic. Yeah. Kind of a play on, you know, mixed, uh, mixed mics. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we all love them, don't we? <laughs> I really like the point where you talk about how uh, how strange it is to go from fun to shock, mm -hmm. and I feel like there's a lot of like examples that you could probably like rattle off and play out, or like weird ones from your personal life. Like, when we're having Thanksgiving, and then Uncle Jerry whips it out, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's a lot of examples you could do. That I think that could be fun. Awesome. Yeah. yeah thanks. I'll play with analogies. That's cool. I think it's really funny the idea that like you were cleaning during. The, the thing? It's that's just the fact. That's I know, exactly I think that's what hilarious, I did. But Recycle. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But if you like can heighten that contrast and heighten it, you can be like, like if all out war breaks out, like your apartment's going to be spotless or like, like, <laughs> you know, like the more violent the situation, yeah. the more like clean, more cleaning you do. Yep. Mm -hmm. No, I was thinking when you're, when you're running away, like, uh, like right after you shout out, shout, I'm a liability. I, you can say, uh, it's like, I have to go uh, get a gym membership. It's, uh, you could talk about there's like a discount you have to take advantage of and you're like running really fast to get it because it's. Don't you have the jokes about it's hardest to quit your mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got gym stuff too. Yeah. It's the hardest to quit your gym membership. Mm -hmm. That's why I thought that was funny. You about oh, yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you. Oh. 
So it's like, uh, just like kind of Sabrina was saying about the gym membership too. It's like I gotta go back to the gym so I can run away faster. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I think I might just use that one again. I'm just gonna take that. Thanks, man. <laughs> Put your hands together for Casey Koning. Yay! Your next comedian. Bring it back. You want to pay attention to him, take notes. Uh, and it's really been a great show this far. You guys are giving great comments, and thank you so much for paying attention. It really does help. I think this is a, a healthy thing to do. That was some really healthy therapy. Put your hands together for your next comedian, Jonah Pollock. Yay! Yay! All right. Zoos are uh, falling out of fashion. Yeah, zoos are somehow falling out of fashion faster than actual human prisons. Uh, just, which I think it's because I think it's because we actually encourage people to visit zoos, <laughs> right? It's like, oh my God, the zebra is just shitting in a corner. Why isn't he with his family? Uh, so I think yeah, we should just have kids visit prisons. You know, it's cool. You can go to the gift shop and buy cigarettes to feed them. Uh, okay, that's too dark. Um, People are talking about how online retail is going to kill a lot of jobs. I'm more worried about the fact that it's going to kill shoplifting. Uh, all right, not a crowd of shoplifters. Uh, no, like, what are we going to do without the outlet of being able to walk into a CVS and just grab a bunch of toothpaste and suppositories? Like, well, how else are you supposed to just, you know, what am I supposed to do? Cut? Come on. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, maybe if we lose shoplifting, it'll just lead to an upsurge in, like, bad slam poetry. <laughs> or maybe I'll just read... No. Um... Okay. Uh, grandparents is like this whole thing. You've got to cook for your, you know, your grandkids. If they come over, you got to pamper them. You got to give them cookies. Got to give them food for the road. Just stock up the medicine cabinet with the good pills. That's really, just let them get in there and really fucking just grab at the Xanax and the painkillers. Um... What else? Uh, I've noticed this trend on Tinder that everyone is posting what they think are their hobbies, but it's actually just their coping mechanisms. Uh, everyone on Tinder is all of a sudden talking about how much they love to drink whiskey. And it's like, that's not a hobby. That's a sign that you're self-medicating depression. Uh, <laughs> you are drinking a liquid that was designed to help minors die faster. Um, yeah. I'm figuring out who I am politically. Who I am politically is that uh, I believe gender is a made-up construct, but I also still love saying the word retarded. Uh, <laughs> I, love, I love that word. It's 2019, dude. Love is love. Let me have my language. Um, yeah, is that people have, they've stopped using the word retarded, but they haven't stopped calling things retarded. They just call it autistic now, right? <laughs> All of a sudden, everything you do is on the spectrum. Everything I do is on the spectrum. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but did you know that uh, saying hurtful words actually helps your body heal? It actually reduces pain. I don't know if it's a coincidence that right around the time America got more sensitive, people started abusing opioids. Like, maybe, I don't know, if, you, if you're undergoing chemotherapy, talk to your doctor about screaming slurs into a pillow. Uh, <laughs> All right, we're working, we're working. Uh, this is just the brain diarrhea. Um, I uh, live in Oakland. There's all these neighborhood apps popping up where people are asking for help with their problems. I try to be a good community member. They're like, my packages got stolen, what should I do? My bike got stolen, what should I do? I'm like, you need to move back to Topeka. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, I currently, I live with four roommates. We're all 30 or older. And I like living with housemates. It's fun. It's very rewarding. Uh, it's very rewarding because, like, I've spent all this time being there for my housemate Max, talking with him about his failing relationship with his girlfriend. And it's great because uh, when they finally break up, I know how to be a better boyfriend to her. <laughs> mm, all right. Think peace. Uh, what else do I want to work on? Well, uh, we're going to eat less meat because of climate change. I don't know if you've read about this. We're going to be eating a lot less meat. I think that's a good thing because I seem to know way too many dudes whose identity is based around being the grill master. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like you should pick up a cricket burger and develop your personality. Um, what else? Just give it to me. This is, give me, give me that sweet, sweet feedback. Yay! Yeah. Yay! Yeah. Clapping wildly for Jonah Pollock, everyone. Woo! John's chomping at the bit for uh, some stuff. I was. You can go first, though, if you want. Yeah. Well, I want to start with a massive compliment. Zoos versus prisons. Multiple smiley faces and exclamation points. Brilliant, genius, hilarious. I just throw in something about field trips. Mm. That's how you bring the kids. Like, what are we doing? We're bringing kids to... Like getting per permission slip to go to San Quentin or something. Right, yeah. yeah. And then you find out, like, little Jimmy can't go because he's committed a misdemeanor or something. Mm. Oh, he has to stay home. Uh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I don't just, I liked, uh, yeah, I like the prison, but I think it's really strong. And I think uh, when you said too dark, I, the only thing that went to my head immediately was like, oh, just like the people in prison. So you just oh, say, like, immediately. So it might yeah. be a, like a saver if they know about it. Or you just get that where people are like, ooh. Well, everyone knows that I'm the spokesperson for confronting the prison industrial exactly. complex. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <You're finally laughs> that fighting, is my hill to die on, dude. Finally uh, fighting truth to power, bro. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the other thing, too, is uh, I was like, with the, the zoos thing, too, I was thinking about taking another different direction. And if anybody else knows this, I feel like this might be another person's bit, but I was also saying, like, with the zoos thing, taking people to enjoy, uh, like, zoos, it's like if people think zoos are bad, you can also just treat the animals like prisoners, like they're in there because they're bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's like, they don't they deserve to be here? They're it's criminals. Like, oh, no, no, it's okay. They're going to do a coding yeah, workshop no, here. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, one more. And then it was uh, saying bad things helps you live longer, which is why boomers won't die. Oh. <laughs> do microaggressions cure pain? <laughs> uh, prison zoos bit, loved it. Uh, you wouldn't get killed by a tiger if you jumped in the enclosure. You just get sodomized or something along those lines. So they jump in. Or the enclosure, like maybe you know, but they're prison, less likely to shoot yeah. whatever kills you. Or you jump in the enclosure, you might just get some good legal advice for. Oh yeah, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, he had, you, you kind of trailed off with the retarded bit because uh, you just went love is love and then like transition. I, 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 I couldn't own my own attempt to well, sell that, the word retarded. You're going to have to own it though yeah. if you want to keep going with that because love is love. <laughs> Stupid retarded love or something yeah. like yeah. that. Like, <laughs> something slow like built like that. And then I just wrote down those grill masters actually make all that bullshit you pass as vegan options be passable on a barbecue. So treat them nicely. Uh, okay. Something along those lines. Are you a grill master? No. What's up, Joan? I love the zoo bit. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking, it's like, yeah, what if we just only imprisoned black animals? Like, we'd probably be able to keep zoos open. Ah. Or, like, nobody give a fuck. It's like, maybe we or, could do, like, black is, bears. Is there something about, like, maybe snakes. minimum security zoos or something? Or is there yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think for the... Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I think for the uh, grandparents putting out, like, uh, medicine yeah. bit, you should play with more, like, grandma imagery, like, instead of that warm apple pie.
pie on the windowsill. Yeah. It's just like a bottle of Oxycontin or something. Like oh, yeah. That. Just, yeah. yeah. But just go into more like a hand knit uh, something or other, but just related to drugs. Like a, like a, she made me a Coke mirror or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Uh, I, I, I'm a grill master. I th- feel I loved your bad slam poetry idea, and I feel like there are many opportunities, like even when you started talking about retarded, you could write a bad slam poetry about the word retarded. Yeah, I or, thought I was going to write from the stage, and I didn't. You did. You did. <laughs> but um, um, with your bad slam poetry, um, I-O-N words, if you yeah. just rhyme I-O-N words, you're all good. Like, yeah. talk about CVS, like my consternation with the situation yeah. in the well, well, I had this a, section. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the bad words thing, I had something written down and I realized it was an accidental pun that would have made it not make sense. I was like, are you suffering from the side effects of chemotherapy? Talk to your doctor about the C word, which, you know, you, I meant that C word, but you could think I meant cancer. And I was like, oh shit, fuck, I can't. No, people will know I mean cunt. Or, should I just say cunt? Or? Yeah, you can say cunt. It's, okay. it's in the vernacular now. For the uh, not being able to steal on the online shopping thing, I think uh, a lot of people steal through the uh, self-checkouts. You know, so you could be oh, like... Oh, good I, tip. Thank you. So you, have to, um. you could be like... <laughs> yeah, 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 it's easy. You, you put yeah. stuff in your cart, and then yeah. like when you go to check, I was like, I have to pay for all, everything in my cart. This is bullshit. Yeah, I mean, like, you have kids. You, I don't hold it against you. you know? Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> 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 no, you got to make... <laughs> make ends meet, baby. <laughs> <laughs> We're cool. <laughs> We're cool. <laughs> Put your hands together for Jonah Pollock, everyone. Yay! Moving right along on this. No one's going to. The only. Well, Ian left, so no one's going to attack anyone verbally at this point. Everyone always attacks poor Ian verbally. I think it's so funny. They're like, fuck your face. And he's like, I'm Ian. <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> uh, your next comedian is a really funny guy. I'm so glad every time he's here up from LA. Put your hands together for Dwat Mai. Thank you. Thank you. So, hey, uh, what, what is up with. Hey, how, how you doing, guys? Hey, what is up with World War II losers and making excellent cars? <laughs> You're not allowed to make any more weapons. Fine, we'll make cars and they'll end up killing more people than the war. That's what we're going to do. You're going to have airbags. They'll knock your teeth out. All of them. All of them. Hey, uh, I saw the Supreme Court justices on TV, and they were wearing their robes like they were all high and mighty, you know? But at the end of the day, all they do is say yes or no, right? I can do that. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. Uh, hang on. Hey, Clarence, what did you say? Yeah? Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, you guys, you guys, uh, I like it when, I get, when an idea hits me. You guys ever, an idea hits you and your head just gets knocked back a little bit and go, oh man. Uh, you go, oh shit, that was a good idea. Oh, loitering. Oh, that's like littering, but we're the trash. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's my head is getting whiplash. <laughs> that idea, it, it keeps hitting. Hey, uh, so China created Kung Fu, right, which didn't work, but just south of there in a country called Thailand, <laughs> What, Kung Fu? Kung Fu? No, it don't, it don't work. Kung Fu? No, it doesn't. Nobody uses it in the UFC. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Oh yeah, but just south of there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just south of there, a country called Thailand, they created Muay Thai, which did work, right? I think it's because China was rich and fancy and they were like kicking all their wooden dummies, but Thais were poor, they didn't have much, so they just kicked banana trees all day. And you kick a uh, wooden dummy, you know, it's, it hurts. You go, oh, I gotta take it light, you know? And then you kick a banana tree, it's soft. You go, oh, I'm gonna kick it again and again. And then the tree falls down and the banana comes to you and you eat it and you get more energy to kick more banana trees, you know? <laughs> and that's the ban Hey, I would write, if I, if I could write a comedy, I would write the Muay, it's about Muay Thai mafias, you know? They extort banana tree farmers and uh, they go, hey, if you don't pay us, I'm gonna get all my Muay Thai guys to kick all all of your trees down. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no Muay Thai kicking banana trees. Hey, I saw this guy. He uh, was walking with a cane, and I thought, if I ever needed a cane, I'm going to get one in the shape of a leg. And then when it rains, I'll put a boot on it. And there'll be a bone sticking out on top, and that'll be my handle. You know? And that's not it. There's going to be a secret compartment. The kneecap will lift up, and inside, a ball of aspirin. And when you open that up, Vicodin. <laughs> and when you pop some in your mouth, just mints. <laughs> you, you, thought, you thought you were going to lay down and listen? Hey, non-organ donors, uh, don't worry. You can still receive organs. The government allows douchebaggery. Yeah. The government allows you to receive a pair of lungs and uh, get in an accident on the same day. You say, oh, it's mine. You can't have it. I've already smoked a pack. It's too late. I win. Thank you. That's it. Swan Boy, everyone. Hooray. Your loitering joke is perfect. Thanks. I wrote it at the hospital. <laughs> I, I was thinking the, uh, the idea hitting thing could just be like a really weird like callback to utilize throughout your set, too. Just like when your like, head gets hit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that might just be like a cool way to, like, in to introduce jokes and use it over and over again. Oh, you might just get a laugh off that just automatically. That's a good one, John. Mm. You're the best. You're better than everybody here. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, that was great. I think, as you could tell, we all want to know why kung fu doesn't work when you explain it. It's really? funny. I thought that. Okay, I will. I'll I mean, I don't know anything about oh, moving yeah. bodies. Um, they just uh, dance. And then uh, uh, the thing with losing World War whatever in the cars. Yeah. Uh, I think you could make fun comparisons to like how um, when like old dudes retire, they take up intense hobbies, or like after a breakup, you get really into a hobby, and you could kind of go like that hobby angle for making cars. Okay, yeah, that's maybe. Good. Thanks, Natasha. Book me for your show. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so. For that, uh, the kung fu part, yeah. I think that that part about have you seen? You've never seen it in the in the UFC. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. But also because like if you've seen the videos of the people doing kung fu, they're like slapping themselves and shit. So like you're hitting yourself when you do kung fu. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I think that could be an angle. Yeah, it's like yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like it's like the same thing with pro wrestling. Yeah. I think only with pro wrestling. No, no, like when they do like kung fu demonstrations, they like slap themselves oh, and stuff. Oh yeah. Thanks, dude. He's perfect. Bye bye. Yay! Yay! He's perfect. Yay! All right. Moving right along with our. 
open mic. We've got five more with comments, and then we just do it as a regular open mic. Put your hands together right now for Marty Cunney. <laughs> Anyone here use the Citizen app? We got any people here use the Citizen app? Anyone here know what the Citizen app is? We got one or two. If you don't know what it is, it's basically like a police blotter that goes directly to your phone. So it'll send you a notification that says, like, stabbing 300 feet away. And you're like, cool, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this information. Uh, am I supposed to go stop it? What, what's my job here? And it even has, like, a little map that has, like, little blips that shows you where all the crimes in your area is happening. Uh, don't keep it on if you walk through the tenderloin it'll drain your battery uh it's 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 crazy it's the coolest thing because um, i people ask me like what do you what do you want this app for like why do you need to feel unsafe all the times like that's not really what i want it for because what you get is all the crazy shit that happens on the streets and you get to find out where all that's going on like i got a notification the other day there's a man with two uh he, he was uh, harassing pedestrians which i thought was pretty regular for san francisco except that the rest of the notification says subset suspect has two hooks for hands. I was like, uh, excuse me, where was this? Turk and Taylor? I, I was like, I went down there to check it out myself. Sure enough, raincoat, two hooks. It was the I know what you did last summer guy and everything. He was trying to pickpocket people with the fucking hooks. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Uh, and the app has a... Uh, the app has a uh, an option where that if you see a crime in progress, you can live stream it to other citizen app users, which is hilarious for a couple of reasons. Because apparently they're just catering to the entire generation of people who felt that they really deserve to be cops, uh, cameramen, you know, the, for the show Cops. Um, and also, it's also catering to people who don't call 911. Uh, <laughs> so nobody, you're like, uh, nobody like, nobody's like, oh yeah, 911, let me call that first before I get this sweet brawl on, on uh, fucking camera, right? And it goes right to your phone, you get an alert, it's like World Star Hip Hop meets Amber Alert. It's the coolest thing ever. Um, and I think, you, I mean, Amber Alert could probably use some rebranding, right? Because, I mean, what do you do when you get an Amber Alert? Swipe left, right? You don't. What are you like? What am I supposed to do with this information? You know, I'm not going to go hunt down this pedophile. But uh, you get a citizen alert that somebody's flipping cars with a forklift next to the Costco and Soma. You know, you're going to tune into that video. That's some quality quality content. Uh, speaking of Amber Alerts, uh, great transition, I know. But uh, there was one I got recently and has a happy ending because what happened was the guy. Uh, called in an Amber Alert because his car got stolen, and he wanted it found quicker, so he told the cops his two-year-old daughter was in the back seat. She wasn't. Uh, and I was just amazed by the balls on that guy, right? Like, at first I was like, oh, my God, what a piece of shit. What a degenerate. Did it work? Uh, <laughs> and it did work. Found the guy two hours later. He crashed the car, but um, what do you expect when you get an Amber Alert called on you, right? Because imagine that. That guy got the same Amber Alert we all got. You know, he pulls out his phone. He's just like, fuck. Because he just found out he's the most wanted man in the Bay Area. He also doesn't know that there's not actually supposed to be a kid in that car. He's <laughs> like, oh, fuck. Where'd he go? You know? <laughs> He just went th from Grand Theft Auto to John Benet Ramsey. That's all he knows about. That's that's the life he lives right now. Okay, guys, um, here's another great transition. Um, 
so we had Epstein's in the news lately, right? And he's been constantly, he's been pretty frequently referred to as like, you know, he rapes children. He's a child rapist, right? And it made me think about how did we French up the word raper? Why don't we call him raper? Raper sounds like somebody who's like not that good at something, right? Whereas a rapist sounds like they've gotten really good, right? That's like, (laughs) well, why did we French up that word, right? A raper sounds like a guy who's like trying to rape. A rapist sounds like a guy who went to college to rape, you know, which is something you can't go to college for. Okay, that's my time, guys. Thanks a lot. Hey, Marty Cunny. I think I think Stanford is the only place where they offer a major in rape. Hey, there it is. The place where they do it. Go Bears. I love your new look. Your new look is great. You're doing something different with your beard or your hair. You look different. You disappeared for a couple days. I don't know. I like your new look. You have kind eyes. And um, I'd like to know a list of what happens behind besides stabbing. Because you said like someone was stabbed 300 yards away. I'd like to hear like a quick runoff of like. Someone's peeing in the street, and this is a, like a real quick like list of. Other than that, very funny. Okay. Uh, I really like the citizen app premise. I think there are like a couple directions you could go with it. Maybe you're using the app so you can figure out which places need more crime. Like for you, like oh, that's a. Oh yeah, this is a soft spot. Yeah, right this here. is a soft spot. I'll I'll hit this place up, or it could be like a uh, an app for like criminal influencers, like Twitch or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Or yeah, that's like it's like because I I dropped the world star hip hop line. It's like well maybe that's like like a guy who wants to like you know get his next video on world star hip hop. Yeah, so quick, I got the amber alert. You want the most upvoted crime? On yeah, the yeah. Alert. Or and uh, uh, for the uh, like the two year old daughter bit, maybe like you could use example of you trying to use that like can I cut in line at this Trader Joe's my daughter was kidnapped <laughs> uh, and also because Dora the Explorer movie is coming out with the you could say like raper no raping like like swiper no swiping okay. I don't get that reference but it sounds like some people do <laughs> yeah I like the citizen app bit and then I was just going to say yeah at the end like if you want to add Brock Turner to the thing yeah. just because right everyone or stanford yeah hey marty i love the outfit i uh, love your vibes tonight um when you were <laughs> when you were talking about the citizen app having like the world star feature and you brought up amber alert i thought you were gonna be like what if amber alert had the same feature where you could people are live streaming kidnappings and like molestations and stuff uh, yeah i was trying to think of how to work that in but <laughs> that's I, like, where i assumed you were going with that uh, just, I, I, yeah. it never really goes anywhere it just kind of trails off it's like what if people were just live streaming kidnappings and that's all I say? And then it's just like, (laughs) (laughs) like somebody screaming like, help, help me, help me. And someone is like, this is so crazy. Yeah. I'm just, I'm helping you get famous. (laughs) Your crime is trending. Yeah. I was also thinking about like, you said the term rebranding for the Amber Alerts. Like how would it rebrand? Like you say, it's like, she's not the Amber Alert anymore. Now it's the Stacy Alert. (laughs) It's kind of like a strip club name. People don't care about Amber. People care about Stacy. <laughs> oh yeah, who's this Stacy? Oh, it's a goddamn Amber. Alert. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Say, if you're gonna go in that direction of like criminal influencers or like people trying to gain visibility, there could be like something in there about sponsorships, you know, like. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you look really great, Marty, today. Thank um, you. 